I was hoping that oh, okay. gulp was going to come through. Oh, Bone Tomahawk, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. My name is Garrett Smith. My name is Dan Scully, and thank you guys so much for coming out to our show last night. What a success it was. All Thousands of... of people in attendance. Yes. So thank you for coming out to I Am a Knife with Legs. Thank you to Bennett Jones for uh, giving us that wonderful movie yeah, to share with Thank you with so everyone. much, Bennett. And if you didn't make it out, you should definitely go to, I believe it's IamAKnifeWithLegs.com yep. and purchase the movie for yourself. You will not regret it. Yes. It is very, very strange. Yeah. So, uh, yes. So congrats to all our winners, and thank you to everyone. Yes. And, of course, thank you to the Milburn Stone Theater for being such gracious hosts. Indeed. Uh, so you can find our show, if you're looking for it, facebook.com slash I like to movie. That's the number two. We're on Twitter, I like to movie. Uh, and you can uh, find us on Libsyn as well. And we're uh, I'm actually looking into this week getting us on Stitcher and some other things like that. So there will be even more places you can find I like to movie movie uh, moving forward. And uh, this week we're doing something we like to do every year. We're super excited. Uh, we are going to do our thus far list, which is our favorite films of the year thus far, our top ten. And uh, joining us to do that are uh, some movie movie faves from Cinadelphia.com. We got Ryan Silverstein. Hello, hello. Silverstein, Silverstein. Stein, I, but I'm very flexible. God, I feel like I, I always say silver, Steen. whatever. Yeah, silver, yeah. whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, one of my uh, best friends coined that because he could never remember either. So he just calls you silver, whatever. Yep, and that's where it came. From. That's so funny. I feel like I ask you this every time and get it wrong every time I, no big deal <laughs> i made a note last time when yeah. he said silverstein i was like locking that in Got keeping it. it isn't it steen isn't that what you just told me no god dang it it's stein it's <laughs> dang it like ben is, stein. see i can't do it yeah, i like probably just like can't ben do it stein. Like ben, ben stein, stein. okay if ben stein. Mind money. silverstein's money yeah, yeah we got ben stein on uh, on the pod today uh and jo- joining us from cinadelphia.com as well jill malcolm hello hello jill welcome back Thank you. Uh, now, Jill, you said you did not necessarily prepare a list for today, but I'm sure you've seen every damn movie we're going to talk about. I wish I did. <laughs> I will chime in when necessary, but I really have not seen that much. So I doubt it. I bet you have something to say about every <laughs> single one of these movies. I'm sure you can chime in with a few favorites. Yeah. yeah. I just Maybe. wanted to say chime in again. <laughs> some of the, you just wanted to chime in I wanted to chime in with some chimes. That's how we do. Very good. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Uh, so what do you want to do? How do you want to start it off? Start um, well, I mean, one of the things that we always do with this episode, uh, a goal of putting out all of these lists is searching for some kind of a theme or a common thread between the movies of the year. Um, whether it's something you know literal, I believe one year we discovered that every movie was about surveillance. That's right. Um, or if it's something thematic. Yes. And so if uh, you see anything about that, you know, boom, <laughs> chime in and uh, <laughs> and drop any sort of a uh, thing that you notice thematically, and we'll go through some honorable mentions. Going to be really I think tough. It's really as easy as that. It's going to be really tough to find anything thematically resonant about one of the movies on my list. <laughs> I think I have that same movie. on <laughs> You my probably list. do, and uh, I can't believe that it made it on my list. Me, I but, can't uh, believe it made it as high as it did on mine. Same, same. <laughs> it is, uh, we'll, we'll see if we'll we're get talking there. about the same list. <laughs> Later. Um, do you have any caveats? Does anyone have any caveats to their list? Uh, Sorry, yeah, so uh, two of the movies on my list are technically 2016 releases if you're going by the great wide world. But <laughs> yes. I, um, mine is based on what I saw theatrically in Philadelphia in 2017. Agreed. I'm a bit more of a stickler when it comes to the year end, but I figure sure. at this point it's more important to like 
shout out movies people can watch. Yeah, totally. Uh, I pretty much do the same thing. If it had, if it you know it was a 2016 movie that was not even available for me to see until two seven two. Two seven thousand seventeen. Yes. Uh, then yes. I will include it in my two thousand seventeen list. Fair enough. Just how it goes. Yep. I mostly did that. Um, I did take two, and I'll just drop the names now, just because I already included Personal Shopper. Yes. In my uh, movies that I didn't see in time for my last year's list list. Yes. So it's already been listed. Yeah. It would probably be extremely highly ranked. Yeah. Uh, if it counted for this year, and then the other one was Night of the Virgin because I believe that that's oh, technically yeah. twenty fifteen. Yeah. But I saw it in twenty seventeen, and that is a gross, awesome movie. <laughs> so you know, so I love to those, but they're not going to be on the list. Be interested in that. And that was actually part of the Synodelphia Film Festival. Oh, yeah. I have one of those on my list. Ah, oh, nice. All right. We'll, we'll get there. Very good. So <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. What do we do? We'll start number 10s and just head around? Yeah. Head yeah. around the table? Uh, whoever wants to kick it off. I think we should let uh, our guest Ryan here kick it off with his number 10. Sure. Uh, my number 10 movie is a movie that the three of us actually saw together. Oh? Uh, it's Akja. Oh. By, uh, is that how Bong we're pronouncing Jong-ho? that? Uh, I think that's how they pronounce it in the movie. Akja. 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 I think that's how Okay. Called. Um, All right, fair. Yeah, so it's a, it's a Netflix release, uh, yes. but we had the opportunity to see it theatrically, which... So glad I got to do that. Probably made the difference in it getting that number 10 slot, because seeing it on the big screen, like, I feel... I, I just kind of said this in my review. Like, I feel bad, like, bragging about it, because nobody else can actually do it. Yeah. But it, it looks amazing. Yes. Um, you know, I loved Snowpiercer. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big fan of that as well. I don't, I don't think this is quite as strong, mm-hmm. but I think this was more emotionally moving. Mm-hmm. So, like, Snowpiercer has some really cool, crazy ideas, but this one, like, had that, like, that heart factor. Yeah. That gave it, like, that extra kind of Spielberg push. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just has amazing performances that are like su- range from like super over the top with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's performance yes. all the way to like Paul Dano, who like is a really kind of like nuanced, interesting, like he feels like a real person he, type character. And is like a super low key actor in general yeah. and is rendered the lowest Whoa, of all keys by. Have, have you seen There Will Be Blood? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> But he's he is the highest like of keys. But no, I know what you're saying. He's though. the he's lowest a, of keys next to the high key. Uh, yeah. yeah, Oak yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal, as he will now be named for now on. <laughs> I don't want to get too deep in it because Me that neither. movie appears later on my list. My t- mine right. too. Um, all right, all right. But I will say this: that is a movie that I never ever would press play on on Netflix because yeah. when it's about sad animals being hurt, I I know I'm gonna love it, but because I know I'm gonna get all teary eyed, I just never press play. Yep. It's like probably ninety percent of the reason why I have the hardest time watching a Pixar movie without seeing it in the theater because mm-hmm. I just know it's gonna take me there and I just can't handle it. I'm a <laughs> yeah. Child and I need to remain childish. Yes, but uh, seeing it in the theater, it's that that caused me to see it. Yeah, if, yeah. if for any other reason to see it in the theater, that was that yes. was it. Uh, and it's going to come up on my list too. But since we're talking about the theater experience, I'll just throw this in there. I did. I think Tasha Robinson tweeted that she was seeing like dramatically different reactions to the movie based on whether people had seen it in theaters or seen it on Netflix at home. That it seems like the theater experience actually really does help that movie, and probably is just the case for movies in general. Yeah, uh, it might be an interesting argument for. How do we feel about Netflix as a distribution arm when they're not pushing for theatrical releases of their uh, of their films? Yeah, I definitely much prefer the Amazon Studios approach, yeah. which is like, yeah, do the full on like kind of art house indie theatrical run, yep. like get it out there for people to see, and then just like, boom, it's on Prime like yep. as soon as that's over. So yeah. I think we'll get there. I think yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely going to happen with Netflix when they start to, you know, when they start to realize that their brand becomes. You know, it, it's something that draws people to a theater. 
Well, and they had a lot yeah, of trouble literally. this year getting Okja into um, camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. And it was because of theatrical runs and stuff. So maybe that will push them in the direction of some more theatrical If releases. I could go back in time and see Beasts of No Nation on the big screen, yeah. I would do it in a second. Yeah, Because yeah. I loved that at home, and I imagine it would be so much so much better. I wonder the if screen. the disappointment, because that did get a bit of a theatrical run, right? I won- I, well, at least like an, award, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. an awards run. And so was Okja. Like, it was in New York and L.A. for right. two weeks or whatever the yeah. requirement is. Interesting, yeah. Okay. Uh, but I think at Con this year, Okja got like, when the Netflix thing came on, yeah. people booed. And then at oh the end, God. there was like a four-minute standing ovation because like, just that's how good the movie is yeah. that nobody cared anymore. Yeah. So you know, I think that says a lot. But yeah. I, I hope Netflix has an interest in you know, kind of preserving the theatrical experience. Yes, me too. I think yeah. we, so one of us made the joke that right before it started in the theater, they should have just had a menu for like three <laughs> hours where they're just, yeah. oh, 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 and rate that. Yeah, and then finally sh- we get to Okja and everyone's yeah. like, I actually got to go to bed. <laughs> I can't watch anything tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I spent too much time looking. It's pretty good. Because when it starts the Netflix thing, like the boom. Yeah. I was like, am I? Oh, no, I'm, I'm not at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not at home. I'm good. I'm here. I tried to hit pause on my PlayStation. I was like, yeah. no, my tried- chair is actually uncomfortable. I'm not yeah. <laughs> I tried to take my pants off. No, like, <laughs> no, no not a good idea. <laughs> I leaned to the projector. I'm like, can you pause this? I have to, I have to take a piss. <laughs> Uh, Dan, do you want to hit your number 10 or you want yeah, me to go? My, my number 10 actually inadvertently became a large uh, piece of this show. Oh. And I don't know how it ended up making it onto my list. And I toyed with it forever. And then I realized it's one of the most fun times I had watching a movie this year. And it goes to the Belko experiment. Oh, interesting. Uh, and oh, that wow. became a bigger part of our show because that was the day we Dick saw Dick Nose. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a movie that's like, when I was like 15, I chased movies that made me go, ooh, that's fucked up. Yeah, yeah, like As Battle Royale and stuff movie. like that. Exactly. And this, this kind of took me back to that. It brought me there. And now working in an office, it was legitimately scary. And it's a funny movie. It's neat. It's kind of its own thing. I just... I, I, there's not much to say about it. It's a genre effort that is very minor, but delivered on 100% of what it promised to deliver. And yeah, that, that's, that's one I didn't catch this year, but I really, okay. I, I really need to catch up on it because it looked it's like worth it seeing. had that kind of really interesting, like an interesting premise, and then like kind of executed in a way like the trailer suggested to me that there were further twists within the story later that kind of like give additional like perspective. I wouldn't set your expectations too high, okay. uh, <laughs> it, but it it is it it follows through on its premise uh, gotcha. in in a pretty great way. I think mm. awesome. Um, I just there was there was a point where at like in the middle of the third act, I just thought to myself, like, man, I am, I'm like not okay right now. Yeah. And that's something I haven't felt in a movie. And it's a very simple movie. It's not realistic. I, I didn't feel like, oh, this could be me, but it just, something about it, I just got really uncomfortable. And it was the, the feeling that I chased when I was 15 and kind of yeah. forgot I wanted to chase. And I still don't even really want, but it surprised me with it. And man, oh man, is Sean Gunn just a comedic force to be reckoned with. I was just going to say, for nothing else, Sean Gunn is one of my favorite performances in a movie this year, in Belco Experiment. And what's his name? McGinley? Yeah, John McGinley. C. McGinley. John He's C. McGinley. terrifying He's in that movie. great in that movie. And I love JGJ, uh, uh, <laughs> John <laughs> yeah. Gallagher Jr., uh-huh. uh, definitely, definitely a member of the gay island. Yes. And uh, he is phenomenal as our protagonist. I was going to say, he makes a great argument for like a starring role. In, like That guy is a good leading man. He has a Tony. And he has just made the jump to genre horror. Yeah. He did Hush. Yeah. He did Cloverfield Lane. Uh-huh. He did this. So it's like weird to see him make that jump. But I like the idea that Gravita is being used for legit, like post trauma. Totally. Uh, B movie schlock. Yeah. 
Yeah, oh, that's exciting that that made your list. Yeah, uh, I, I, I toyed with it forever, and when I before I made the list, when I thought back, like, what did I really love watching? And I just tried mm-hmm. to go on my response. That was always the first thing that came to my mind. Oh, that's so interesting. It had to had to stay. That's how a couple things got on my list, uh, including my number ten, Colossal. Oh, I nice. really, really liked Colossal. I, I think I've seen 25 or 26 new releases this year, so I, I had enough of a list to try and pare down. I had things I was toying with and juggling with for the, these last couple spots on mm-hmm. the list, and I just came down to what of these movies would I want to watch again and be excited to watch again. I would watch Colossal again like in a heartbeat. I really, really liked Colossal, and it's not a perfect movie. It uh, has some maybe some weird tonal issues, I might say, or something like that, but... It just, I loved the performances in it. It's such a unique idea. It's a great original film. And, you know, the scene of the movie, the the bar scene, I'll call it, which there's a ton of, but I think if you've seen the yeah. movie, you know oh, what yeah. I'm talking about. Uh, it's probably the controversial scene of the movie where it might some people might jump off board, whatever. I love that scene. And I think it's one of the most interesting, like, um, it's one of the most interesting scenes in a movie this year. It, it has a lot of interesting things on its mind. It requires a level of performance from, um, uh, why can't I think of his name now? Sudeikis. Sudeikis. He's so good. And that scene in particular is like, it requires a level of performance from him that I don't think he's ever delivered in anything. He's never been asked to, and he's fantastic. He was frightening in that scene. And I've never seen him so sinister, but in a very calm, Uh calculated way. Uh Which makes it like more sinister. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we've seen him like be hilarious. Mm -hmm. And just to see this turn from him was was really exciting. Yes. Uh, He's always hilarious and cocky. And this was like cocky, but poisonous. Yes, exactly. If I had an 11 slot, it probably would have gone to yeah. uh, Colossal. Colossal will come up again later. Fantastic. I um, love hearing that. But, you know, I, I know the tone like is kind of a little replaced. Yeah. And that's kind of what I appreciate about it uh-huh. because not too many people can do that. Right. Um, you know, and Nacho Vigalando. Vigalando is one of those people who can actually like, I feel like he can pull that off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, and I love genre movies that rely on performance mm-hmm. in that way and that they're not too common and so when you get one that's really good and has really good performances like it just hits those beats yeah so well yeah um and that scene in particular like when i was watching it i was like wow i did not expect this to go there and then i was like well why is it going there right and it all it really does make sense Me- it is driving to a particular place i think so too um and it's it's just so smart about like gender politics mm-hmm. and it's one of those it seems really obvious on its face mm-hmm. and then when you start to unpack it you realize how well thought through all that stuff is. yes yeah that that specific scene bugged me when i watched it uh-huh. but then it, when i close my eyes and think about the movie that's the one i always go back right to. and without a spoiler i'll toss this out there what i love about it is that a certain character has a taste for big destruction yes that's intangible yeah and then it's like well let's let's actually do some destruction yeah. and that like yeah. That's kind of wild, and for a movie that sells itself by being a monster movie, like it's, it's actually that part's minimal yes. to it. You know, it's the the fallout from that that is absolutely really fuels. Well, yeah. I was going to say that to Ryan's point about it being a performance movie. You know, it's like driven by performance. It's not like it's not a special effects movie, right? Absolutely. It has plenty of special effects in it, but they are not what you're there for, right? And you it, know, they all they serve the performances. Yes. Yep. Like it, the performance is the central thing that yes. the movie is about, yeah. and the genre aspects even quite are used to illustrate that performance even more yeah even quite literally if you yeah. think about what's <laughs> happening with those oh, effects yeah. they are literally performance driven it, yes. it's the whole very focus is the movies performance. and very few actors and actresses can sell 
the idea that just stomping on mulch is truly deeply horrifying and yes. destructive. Yes. And there there is a moment with a specific stomp that the whole theater gasps. Yeah. And it, it goes to just every piece of the production coming together. Yep. And on its face, that shouldn't carry any weight. And no. It carries all, all of it. Yeah. And then it, it also really goes to, like, it made me think about um, making movies with motion capture. Uh-huh. And it made me, like, like I wonder what Andy Serkis thinks of this movie. Yeah. Because, like, maybe he's like, yeah, this is what I do all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is my life. Yeah. You know, and I get no credit for it. <laughs> so um, so I, it has that kind of interesting layer, too. It that It's almost, like, has that meta movie about movie kind uh-huh. of, like, subtlety. Yeah. And, and uh, Vigilando tends to do that a little bit, too. Mm-hmm. That's probably intentional that's interesting uh yes that's my number 10 what do you got for your number nine right uh mine is patterson uh, i have not seen that yet uh, and i'm dying to it's so good so it's uh adam driver and i forget who plays his uh his wife in the movie but like it's the two of them it's really like a week in their life uh his last name is patterson he drives a bus in patterson new jersey (laughs) um and he is a poet okay um and uh, you know, there's a famous poet, William Carlos Williams, mm-hmm. who is also from Patterson, New Jersey. Patterson. I didn't know that's where he was from. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's from there, but he definitely lived there for okay. a long time because his one uh, like epic poem is called Patterson. How do I not know that about that guy? Yeah. That's my um, degree is in English and I studied him <laughs> extensively. Uh, and so the movie feels like a love letter to him. I haven't read a ton of his stuff. That's her name. I'm not. I'm going to butcher it. Yeah, I'm not even going to try. Let me give it a shot. I'll... Uh, wait, is it yeah. Golshifta Farahani? I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, a, that, that, look that right? looks right. Yeah, it's a wonderful name to say. It feels fun in my yeah. mouth, but it, like, <laughs> Golshifta, it flows out. Yeah, Golshifta Farahani. It might, you know, there might be a little, yeah. little silent blending in there. Yeah. Um, so it's a week in their life, and it's kind of a very low key comedy drama movie to the point where, like, when I saw it at the screening, there were a couple of people that left because I think they thought it was boring. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, but it really is like putting you in that spot, and like there's a few dramatic moments that happen. Who directed that? Uh, Jim, Jim Jarmusch. Yeah, right. Um, the king of the hangout yes. movie. Yeah, and this is even this is a different tone from um, that vampire one that he did. Only lovers left alive. Yeah, whereas that was more of like you're hanging, like it's that's almost like a negative hangout movie, and this mm-hmm. is like, like he's a guy who's like, it's almost like his. His wife is very, like, she's constantly painting things in the apartment mm. and doing projects. And mm-hmm. she's, like, selling stuff at, at the local farmer's market. And he's a bus driver, writes some poetry that he doesn't really intend to publish. And he's mm-hmm. kind of, like, satisfied with his life the way it is. And she's, like, pushing him to do more. And it's kind of that push-pull of, like, ambition and being satisfied with what you have. Yeah. Uh, in a way that's very cool. And, like, you know, for me, it kind of, you know, it almost... It, I don't think it goes too far into making the like quote unquote like blue collar lifestyle like too fantastic. Sure. But you know, as someone who like sits in a desk all day, like there's part of me that'll be like, yeah, you know what? Being a dress bus driver would be more fun because you right. see interesting people and you're driving around and you're kind of outside a little yeah. bit. And so, you know, there is that element to yeah. it. Uh, but overall, like it's just the performances are great. It's funny. Yeah. Um, it's, it, I, can't recommend it more. I really want to see I that. I forgot that came out, and I meant to see it, but I have such a love-hate relationship with Jarmusch. Dude, so me too. And I was like, eh, but everybody was like, oh, no, you'll still love it. You'll still love it. And like, like I loved Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah. I was and, floored by it. And like for me, it's like Adam Driver being in that lead role was like the thing that got me to like, yeah. oh, I need to see that movie. He's because so good. He's so good, he's so and good. he makes really interesting choices with mm-hmm. what he chooses to do, and especially mm-hmm. like with that Star Wars money, I'm sure he has a little bit more choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so like he was what kind of what got me there and then yeah. the rest of the movie just took over and uh oh and there's a great dog in the movie so Ooh. if you like good movie oh, yeah. dogs i love a good dog then he's uh, actually third credited he or she i can't tell 
But the dog is Marvin, played by Nelly. Yeah. Oh. Not the rapper. <laughs> it's I.E. Nelly. Well, apparently Nelly's very good in that movie. Yeah, yeah Nelly is good. <laughs> so uh, I cannot recommend it more. It's it's really fun and really special. I'm very Actually, excited to see that. Performance, performance from Nelly. Oh. She's got four more years of movie making in her. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I, that was a. I had that on on Reddit. I had a somewhat popular post under shower thoughts mm-hmm. when it was just, "Oh my god, the dog from the mask has been dead for a long time." Because <laughs> it like occurred to me one day, I'm like, "That dog has been dead for like a decade." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Poor animals. Poor animals. Uh, we got Dan number nine. Number nine is it comes at night. Oh, I nice. feel like that's going to be on some lists later. Well, that's an honorable mention for me. Okay. That was a tough. That was a tough one to push off. I, I've not seen that yet. Okay. Well, it was what stuck with me most about it because one, I just love genre horror. Yeah. But what I love about it is, to me, it is a parable of if you're going to paint things in black and white and say it's either this or that. You're gonna have to answer for that. Yeah. You know, when when the chips fall and you find yourself distinctly on one side of that, well, if you want to keep your consistency, you gotta do it. Yeah. And it is a pretty harrowing story of just yes. that concept. Yeah. And thematically to me, that just you know, I don't like to think I'm non-committal, but I like to hopefully try and be open-minded. Yeah. And I see a lot of people who believe they are right so hard that they won't even entertain an idea they disagree with and then when it turns out that maybe they're not right instead of getting more information they double down on wrong yeah to to just be tough or something i don't know it's, yeah. it's so stupid and this shows that to the most extreme in the middle of a very deeply ambiguous mm-hmm. uh post-apocalyptic question yeah, mark question mark yeah it's it's wild yeah. and it just uh I also think as a companion piece to Cresha, which was yes. a show favorite last year mm-hmm. it really really works i think it actually works better as a companion piece than a standalone i much and, agree and you know if that's the bed i get to sleep in happily it is i really love this movie i would love to program a, a double feature of, of those oh, yeah. two I, like seeing those movies back to back i think would be really interesting i i also think it's one of the most beautifully shot movies of the year mm-hmm. and it's bleak yeah it's bleakly shot but mm-hmm. purposefully so yeah and it's one that i feel will gain value when you've like like with it follows when we re- revisited that every time it was oh maybe that's how we yeah. explain this maybe and so it was purposefully ambiguous that you could kind of chew on it yes this one it's I think it's meant to be very ambiguous, mm-hmm. but there's a million different small things that I bet there's a concrete answer to that come up in just repeat viewings. Yeah. And there will be many because mm-hmm. it, it's very entertaining to watch. It's like 10 minutes long yep. and it's oh, it's so good. Yeah. I, that was a really tough cut for me because I, was I liked okay that movie that a lot. Yeah. yeah. that I mean, that was the thing about this movie was it was uh, it was very interesting to sit through, but it's, you know, it takes its time. It's very methodical in the way it tells its story. And it wasn't until maybe 30 minutes after it was over that you and I like hit the thing in the conversation mm. where it was like, oh, yeah, that's really what's running underneath all of this that really unlocks like how interesting every little step of that process was. Well, to compare it to a much more dense movie, and they're really not too similar, but at the I remember watching uh, uh, no Country for Old Men with yes. my old roommate. And it was after all the hype and it had one best picture. He had never seen it. And that movie ends on like a novel ending mm-hmm. where it's just a quick monologue. You know, it wraps up however far it does and it just ends. And his reaction was, that movie sucked. Yeah. Meanwhile, the first two hours he was completely just enveloped yeah. in it. Yeah. And then that ending threw him off because it was so bizarre. And that sort of happens here because as it was 
you know, kind of coming to an end. I was like, oh, I wonder where this is good. That's the credits. Yeah. And then it occurred to me, I'm like, I don't know where. And then as I thought about that ending more and more, it was just devastating. Yeah. Yes. And it's that a very takes, damning ending. And well, it's for such control to be exercised by yeah. a second time filmmaker uh-huh. is really admirable, uh, especially when it's the kind of thing like. Like when Paranormal Activity first came out, the original ending to that is a slower burn. Mm-hmm. And Spielberg, I believe, saw it and right. said, this is good, but you should just have some kind of it's a pop, pop ending so that everyone comes out of it buzzing. And this is like the anti-come-out-of-it-buzzing yeah. ending. Mm-hmm. And to have even been able to pull that off as a young, early filmmaker is phenomenal in and of itself. And to have pulled it off well is just... I, there's no words. I you want a crazy piece of trivia about it? I don't know that yeah. I've repeated this to you yet. Uh, so uh, his movie, Cretia, uh, Trey Edward Schultz is the uh, the director's name. His movie, Cretia, is technically the like second movie he was going to. So he made a short film called Cretia just to try and get his foot in the door with a script called It Comes at Night already written. Okay. He had written it, made Cretia to get his foot in the door, the short film Cretia, and A24 basically was like, we like your short, and we really want to produce your script. Will you expand Cretia into a movie we can release and see how it does? And as long as that's successful, we'll fund It Comes at Night. That's what, cause it Isn't that wild? It feels like a more mature technically. Yeah. Especially in Cretia, there's that conversation that's like, boop, yeah. when, he, uh, yeah. when it's... The, her talking about him being a filmmaker, which yes. I loved, but felt uh-huh. it felt amateur. Mm-hmm. That's wild. Isn't that wild? I read an interview where Schultz was like, I wrote this movie, It Comes a Day, when I was in a very dark place, and all I could think was, yeah, no fucking shit. Yeah. <laughs> that well, is dark. Apparently, this is mostly about him dealing with his uh, grief after his dad passed. He wrote it like just a few days after his dad passed away. That uh, makes sense. Yeah, so that's uh, it's a lot about dealing with grief, but kind of like... We didn't even talk about that necessarily when we got yep. out of the movie, so it, it, it's it's very interesting because we were feeling such yeah, grief. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, my number nine. Let's do it. Uh, I got to remember what it is or get my phone to go. Here we go. Oh, Wonder Woman made number nine for me. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. So it's been a couple of years since I've even put like a superhero movie on one of these lists. I think I had Deadpool on last year's thus far. It didn't make the top ten by the end of the year, and it was really just because Deadpool was like the only superhero movie I saw last year that did any kind of thing for me. And at mm. halfway through the year, I was like, that was at least interesting. Wonder Woman legitimately like deserves to be on my list. It's the first comic book movie I've seen in a couple of years that like just I just filled me with joy and and emotions and it it has an actual romance in it that is not a there's not like a throwaway romantic interest there's an actual character there there's real romance between them which I think like honestly for me carried that movie way further than than oh, I yeah. imagined it would that romance paves over kind of the muddiness of the final battle yeah because I I don't want to say too much. the scene where there's no sound yeah. and then we get the yep. sound later yeah <sighs> yeah yeah, yeah. And, and that's the kind, that's the kind of thing I love because it works in that movie, but it could easily not work and have been a horrible choice. Uh-huh. But because they've done the groundwork of of like paving the road to that moment in their relationship, yep. so well, and the chemistry between Chris Pine and Gal Gadot is like no. I was wondering if you're going to pronounce the T. Um, I supposedly it's Gadot. So yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah, I was like, like, is he going to go for it? Is he going to go for it? He went for it. Um, Gadot yeah. Silberstein, got it. <laughs> How, that's what we've learned so far. Yeah. Um, so like, but it, it's t- that. So that moment becomes earned, and you're invested. You're trying to hear yeah. what they say, and then when you do hear, it's very like cathartic and like. Um, so it, it has that kind of cool like call and response yeah. effect. Um, 
Yeah, uh-huh. Wonder Woman's a little bit higher on my list. Awesome. Uh, I love hearing that. And uh, I don't know if, I don't know if either of you well I assume you know Garrett, but I don't know Dan if you have Spider-Man Homecoming on your list at all. I, I allowed one superhero movie on my I list gotcha. and um, and we'll get there. It's not yeah, that. so yeah. we'll get right. there. It's not that. Yeah. But uh, I would actually put it well, you're going to figure it out, but like if it wasn't this one it either would have been Wonder Woman or Guardians 2. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, um but so anyway, um, Film Crit Hulk wrote a thing that came out today about Spider-Man Homecoming. I just saw your post on yeah. that. I didn't yeah, read, I didn't read that. that yet. And it, it like it triggered in me like because he he mentions like Wonder Woman a little bit in there, but mm-hmm. basically he talks about like the problem with the last couple of Marvel movies is basically that the protagonists don't learn anything, right? And the whole point is that they're kind of arrogant and they turn out to be right. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not really interesting dramatically, but it's a smart way to keep your characters in stasis over and over again. Yes, um, it's the Doctor House formula. Yes. Right. Yeah. 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 Always right. And. Um, but like Wonder Woman, like is what I love about it is that the the movie is so based on who she is as a character mm-hmm. and what makes her unique, mm-hmm. and that like that compassion and love as a response to war and violence, and that sometimes like she is a warrior of love, mm-hmm. and like that is baked into everything that happens in the movie and the way that it happens in the movie. It's a great way to phrase it, um, and just to see that kind of unification of like the specific things about her character. Um, brought to life in this movie was really, really awesome. And yeah. I don't think we've seen since, you know, I mean, a lot of people compare it to Captain America first, first Avenger. I'm not even a big fan of that movie. And I loved Wonder Woman. I, I like that movie, but for totally different reasons. Cause yeah. it's like a pulpy adventure, yeah. like rocketeer type yes. throwback. But this is like, it. it's really like when you're talking about these DC characters, especially that are these like larger than life, like gods, mm-hmm. like you need that thematic element to really work. And they yes. just nailed it. Yeah. Uh, I just, it you know, it has some third act problems like I have with a lot of superhero movies, yeah, especially the DC stuff. Superhero movie. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it has some color issues that I, I keep coming up against <laughs> with a lot of these movies. It's got things that distinctly annoy me in most superhero movies, but it is so... Something about it, 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 people have written about this aspect of it, but it is just so devoid of cynicism and so proud to be a Wonder Woman movie that's actually about Wonder Woman, that's actually about women coming to the world and being able to offer something if they're trusted and they're, you know, Mm -hmm. like it just all, it just blew all those issues I have with it out. Like they're just gone for me. I don't even care because the rest of it is so good. And I legitimately teared up twice during Wonder Woman. I haven't really teared up during many, I tear up every year during a couple of movies, but it had yet to happen until until Wonder Woman. Yeah. The the trench scene, just mm-hmm. something. Oh, that is like yeah. something That's just good old, yeah. good old fashioned good time filmmaking. Yep. That is oh, like yeah. some and good it stuff. just works. And her argument with Steve at the end was so I don't know something about that like actually like really moved me. You know that like big argument they get yeah. into at the end. Something about it like really really moved me. I think it was just watching two characters that really believe that they're right about their solution and their idea about the problem they're facing and have every reason to think they're right, but are also like in love. And the thing that they've kind of learned from each other is maybe they need to bend a little bit on some of those things. But in that moment, they just can't. Like that really just moved. I don't know. I, I was like very, I liked that movie like a lot. <laughs> it comes down to, actually, it's probably something that I, I think is thematically linked to something like uh, Comes at Night mm-hmm. or um, what was the other thing we were saying? I forget what other movies you guys talked about. But yeah. the, the, the idea of like, or like uh, Okja, or I've been saying Okja, so it's going to yeah. be hard to train. <laughs> um, Silverstein, Godot, Okja. And um, 
Well, just the idea that like methods matter. You yes. know, like mm-hmm. it's oftentimes the disagreement isn't over the goal, it's over the method. And and so many times we'll you know, there there's there's fighting in the foothills of this huge mountain we gotta climb. Mm-hmm. It's just and I think that scene captures yeah. that idea perfectly. Totally. But they ultimately, if I remember correctly, or just thematically through that movie, come to the resolution through the idea of just like we have the common goal. Let's um, let's do this not as a battle. Let's do this as as a team. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing I love about Wonder Woman is that it's a it has a good ensemble to it, mm-hmm. and it's super efficient about the supporting characters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most of them are on screen for I would guess maybe less than ten, fi- less than yep. fifteen minutes. Yeah. But each of them, like you can pick out like not just like their trait, quote yeah. unquote, but yeah. like how that shapes who they are. You mm-hmm. know, like the one guy wants to be an actor, but yeah. he's uh, th- I think he's Arab. Um, mm-hmm. And the like Scottish guy, like mm-hmm. he's dealing, he's an alcoholic, but he's really dealing with really bad PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and even the characters on the island at the beginning, like yes. we get little snippets, but like it's they're so clearly written that you know who they are and you can like you know everything you need to know about them very quickly. It's very efficient storytelling, but in a way that is like very effective. Yeah. Um yeah, like it, it's there's another movie that'll come up later on my list that I feel more strongly about this aspect of, but I would say it about Wonder Woman. One of the few superhero movies where like, oh, I I like kind of all of these characters. Like I would like to yeah. see more of all of these characters. It's not just the hero at the center of it that I'm interested in. Yeah. This guy here, he played Samir. Yes. This character, that was when we had Kevin here when I was walking here oh, with him. Mm-hmm. He was like, I want that guy's movie. Yeah. And he yeah. kept saying that. And like he was and I thought, you know what? You're right. That's yeah. I would yeah. watch the hell out of that movie. Uh-huh. I like that guy. That guy's a great actor too. He, yeah. I really liked him in Wonder Woman. I, I would love Robin Wright's movie. Yes. Like the prequel of hell like, yes. her her like her life. I want more on that island. That yeah, island's exactly. so pretty yeah. to look at yeah. it's like colorful in the water and i hate the beach yep. and it looks awesome <laughs> yep. well uh, established on i like to uh, movie movie Dan david hates Hulis. the beach that's true the beach yeah. the, the water literally tries to push you out <laughs> if there is no better sign that we shouldn't be well, there and I, that's like and that is a that's an excellent segue to my number eight movie uh, uh which is the lore uh, I didn't see that. I yet. think it's technically a 2015 movie. That, that almost made my list. Poland. It was the 2015. Yeah, but I was like, I'm gonna let it slide. So it was. Yeah. It was uh, I saw it as part of the Philadelphia Film, mm-hmm. Film Festival and kind of like uh, Okja Akja. Um, mm-hmm. Seeing it in a theater with an audience, I think made me appreciate the movie even more. So mm-hmm. just to kind of recap, it's a uh, mermaid horror musical. Uh, in from Poland, that's set during the Cold War. Okay, um, and it's, it's half classic musical and half like musical performances diegetic to the scene. Yes, yes. okay, it's cool. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice mix of the two. Mm. Um, you know, and Mermaid's obviously known for their singing, so mm. it, it, <laughs> it it all dives in thematically and kind of the way it plays with what like what the people who kind of read old mermaid stories know about mermaids and what we usually see from mermaids in film. It kind of plays with that aspect back and forth. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, mean, it is a little mermaid adaptation yeah. to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I guess it's, that's unavoidable when you're dealing with, with mermedia, <laughs> but it's, um, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I, I think really what kind of bumped it up for me was really that soundtrack is yeah, like, cause so it's, it's, it takes place in the eighties. It has all those like loops and electronic stuff oh, cool. mixed with that kind of like Eastern Europe, European kind of siren esque vocals. Uh-huh. And like th- the soundtrack is gorgeous, it it works well with the texture of the movie. Yeah. Um. And it, it's one of those like it just kept surprising me mm-hmm. because 
every time I thought it was like, oh, this is gonna, it's setting this up for the for like the big thing at the end, and then like that would happen, and then like something else would happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so it kind of played with that a bit, and seeing with the crowd, like the crowd was loving it, and so it's just like it kind of definitely ele- that experience certainly elevated elevated the experience of watching the movie in my mind. I watched cool. it. I watched it. Uh, just with one other person, Jenna and I watched oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah. She, I mean, she loved it because she loves Pretty Mermaid's '80s music. It's that's Mermedia. That she's is, into yeah. it. She's into Mermedia. <laughs> yeah. And even without the crowd, I thought it was fucking stellar. But yeah, I yeah. wish I could see that with the crowd. Yeah, it was so much fun. I, I'm dying to see that movie. I've seen so many positive reviews of that, and it just sounds like something that's very much up my alley. And it's oh, gross. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's delightfully oh, gross. Cool. Oh yeah. yeah, it's really gross. It has cool. body horror elements without being a body horror. Right. Movie. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And it. it it's very like it has all those like weird logic things that people talk about mermaids yes. and they're like well how would you actually as soon as he said it was gross i yeah, it, i just immediately imagined the, yep, yeah, yep yeah it's yep. got a i saw the tweet of someone trying to make a joke about that you know what i mean <laughs> i'm sure once a day someone's like hey how do mermaids fuck yeah. right yeah and this answers that question and you're like mm, i don't know if I, I i don't know if that works for me yeah <laughs> this isn't quite as magical as i imagined <laughs> Uh, all yeah, right, the lure, the lure. I want to yeah. see it. Uh, my number eight. It's uh, kind of. I. It surprised me that this made my list, and then it just started climbing as I was thinking about it, and thinking about like what would I really want to watch again. I wasn't even thinking about this going into making this list. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. That's an honorable mention for me. Directed yeah. by Macon Blair. Uh, did you see this, Ryan? No, I, it's in my like it's in the Netflix queue. queue and yeah. I just haven't hit you haven't watched it yet either, Jill. I have not, but no. I have seen it in the Netflix yeah. ne- Netflix queue. So. I I highly recommend it. Uh, I really really enjoyed it. It is just, I mean, it's very much my kind of movie. It's sort of a uh, Dan. Would you agree with this? It's like a sort of a like a. A, a very low key like noir almost like it's a uh, uh, you know I guess very much in the style of the neo noir thing that uh, what's his name does. But I like the idea that um, well I I thought Melanie, Melanie Linsky was yes. awesome. She's amazing. In it. But what I love is one of the things that I like about her as an actress is she always kind of plays a very sweet character. Uh-huh. And her reason for vengeance in this revenge tale is like well that was mean. Yeah. I want to I want to tell the, I want to give them a stern talking to. Yep. And like that is the highest of her yeah. goals. But you know the ninja stars get involved and yes. it gets a little out of hand. Yes, it's it's a small town detective story. It's I love the idea of the sort of self-styled detective, the person mm-hmm. that thinks they can solve a problem and immediately gets in over their head and doesn't know how to get out. Uh, and it's just, it's that kind of movie, but it just, every scene is really entertaining. It constantly goes places where you, you don't quite expect it to go. It's full of great performances, and Macon Blair makes a great argument for him being another, like, I mean, it's very much in the style of Saulnier, uh, who he is, mm-hmm. you know, starred in a few of his movies, but he makes a great case for, like, he's very capable of that kind of thing, too, and it, I, re- I really I enjoyed it. I think I, in hindsight, because, like, I really liked Blue Ruin a lot, yeah. and I really, really, really liked Green Room a lot. But if you were to throw those two down and this one down and say, which one do you want to watch now? I'm probably always going to pick. I don't feel at, at home, home in this, this world, world anymore. anymore. Yeah. yeah, I want to call the that only so problem with this movie is its title. It is so fucking long. <laughs> What's weird is in my head, I always say I don't feel home alone in this world. Like I always go home alone. Lost in a year. Seeking a friend for the end of the world. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know that movie, I Don't Feel Home Alone Seeking Your Friend at the End of the World in This World Anymore? You know the one. Yeah, War of the Worlds. I yeah, I like that movie right. quite yeah. a bit. Yeah. It's funny. This like the stakes only get high as high as they need to, yes. to drive it forward. Yep. 
And like even when everything sort of uh, snowballs into madness, it never feels unwieldy. No. And uh, yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah, it's, what a great partnership between Linsky and Elijah Wood. Elijah Wood's it's really great in this thing. movie. He's, I love that he has made so much goddamn Lord of the Rings money yes. that he just does weird shit, whatever he wants. Yeah. Yep. He, I, I really like this movie. And he gets I, younger by the minute. Yep. <laughs> just slowly turning back into a little boy. Yep. He, he's buttoning. Yeah, he's, he's, he's <laughs> Elijah yeah. Wood buttoning. Like I said, it just it kept climbing my list just because it's so entertaining. I just kept thinking about what do I want to watch more, and and this made it to number eight on that criteria alone. Awesome. That is um, in my uh, honorable mentions. Yeah, I was skipped over here on number eight. Oh, but sorry. that's okay my because bad. this one is going to jump up uh, a little bit later. I'm positive, but my number eight, uh, we did a whole episode on it, is Get Out. Yes, uh, that's um, my number seven. So. Oh, hey, perfect. 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 Yeah. let's just get it in. That's just yeah. one of those movies that like. You can watch it as like the truly scathing social indictment that it is. Yep. You can watch it as just an incredible horror movie. You can watch it as both. It's it's a comedy. It's horror. It's a drama. It's a showcase for just a litany of great performances. Yep. It is a an insanely brilliant debut for a you know new filmmaker. Mm-hmm. You know, relatively speaking. Um, if you know his personal life, it obviously comes from a level of experience, and. It also just like business wise, it obliterated the yeah. box office, making so much money back. So it's like you got a black filmmaker doing a horror movie in springtime, getting an insane amount of returns. It just everything about it is really cool, important, fun. And it's just a good movie. Yeah. I, I mean, it up. this movie fucks. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like, <laughs> yeah, it does, dude. Like, I love that it's a like it's a horror movie. It's a message movie that isn't a message movie right. because like it's so easy for for you a lot. You can be ignorant people. to the message and right. love it. But but I think a lot of people like are going to be adverse to watching Selma or Twelve Years of Slave uh-huh. because they know going into it. Oh, it's one of those movies that's going to make me like think about racism and uh-huh. like you know because those are both like historical. It also kind of has that button of like, well, we might have fixed it since then. So like I can feel <laughs> yeah, okay yeah. about myself. Whereas this like takes place today. It's an entertaining movie that pulls you in and puts you in that experience. Yes. Like I will never know what it's like to be a black man. Right. But I this movie creates that extra layer of empathy in mm-hmm. terms of like I can see uh, the edges of what that experience might be like because mm-hmm. this movie allows me to draw on times where I've felt really out of place mm-hmm. in in a situation where like either because I was in among people who were well above my uh, economic status, Mm -hmm. you know, or I was like one of the only dudes in a room full of women. Mm -hmm. And like, I can like those minor times in my life when I feel that othering, like this, I'm the oldest guy at this college party. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Like this movie kind of, it allowed me to draw on that and kind of make that analog, you know, at, at like, yeah, it doesn't really affect me day to day, but kind of like putting me in that headspace that allowed me to kind of like expand that into like feeling that constantly. Mm -hmm. At the same time, one of the things that I appreciated about it was it showed me all the times that I thought I was reaching an olive branch out and bonding with people who were different from me and really just feeding into ostracization of that person. Yes, my and man. So I saw that, but, turned it, but it also turned it into a comedy where it's yeah. like, I just got a stern talking to and a pat on the back. Yeah, and like, yeah. That's, that's awesome. Yes, uh, I don't think anyone from any demographic is going to go into, is going to come out of Get Out without some kind of a thought, even if they weren't expecting it. Right. And that's cool. You know? yeah. It's just... This is the kind of, uh, and I remember when it first started, uh, when it first started getting like ads on TV, like couldn't really get a read on what it was. And my brother-in-law, he was like, "Have you seen that? What do you know about that? Mm-hmm. Is it is it supernatural? Is it not?" I'm like, "Dude, I don't know anything." Yep. 
And he's not really the type that would seek out any movie that's not available at home, but he was amped on just the press of that. Yeah. I, I don't know if he's seen it yet. Uh, Scott, if you're listening, we should talk about this movie. We should watch it together <laughs> if you haven't. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just that's for a movie to be so pointed, so scathing, so important, and so completely broadly appealing and uh, uh, what's the word? Accessible to anybody is like that shouldn't be possible for a first time filmmaker. And I mean, flying colors. Yeah. <laughs> just, and, it was awesome. And in terms of the heart, it reminds me a lot of Green Room, mm-hmm. where again, like it's kind of that like locked door kind of like you're stuck in this situation, how then you need to get out. And it has it. You it, need to what? Get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and it, uh, I, that was not intentional. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but it really, it drives that tension home. Yeah. Um, to the point where, like, you know, there's near the end when you think he's going to actually be able to leave and he, like, to opens do that door to get out. <laughs> um, get out of here. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I'll you let know, you get it out. And you're like, <laughs> you're like, don't, you're like, do not open that door. That is a bad idea. Yeah. And like, but, you know, again, like it has to happen because we have to figure out a little bit what's going on. And, yes. you know, I really also really love uh, Bradley Whitford, Bra- Bradley Whitford's mm, performance. Sure. He's great. Uh, you know, where he's all like, well, you know, we, we would have voted for Obama for a third term. Very and funny. like, you know, and the way that this um, like I've, I've kind of since read up a little bit here and there about um, the way that media portrays the bodies of black people. Yeah. And this movie is explicitly about that. Yes. And it's just a really interesting kind of unpacking of that aspect of racism, yeah, which is the, really interesting. The fetishization of the body and literally wanting it to lack the brain that it has yep. to some extent, yep. you know? Mm. Uh, yeah, it's it, it. this movie is fascinating it, and so entertaining. It's yeah. both of those things, Absolutely. and that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy good. Yeah. I had a thought about it, and it's gone. You'll get I mean, a, you'll get a, a chance. You know, we probably said and it. you'll get a chance to bring it back later. You'll, in this you'll get it out later. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so Dan, that technically brings us to your number seven because I skipped you on accident last okay, time. Okay. Well, this is another one that is going to uh, pop up on lists later. I'm sure of it. But this is one of the best times I've ever had in a movie theater. We're about a to match up on number seven. Movie theater. And that is a little tale of a man named Xander Cage. We are matching on number Triple seven X3, right now. The I can't believe Cage. it made it all the way to number seven. I was looking at my so list. Good. It just was the best time I had at the movies and this I year. Was, I liked uh, Fate of the Furious, yeah. but I'm pretty disappointed by it in terms of the whole franchise. I can definitively say this, this movie was is the, this way better This gave me what I wanted yeah. out of Fate of the Furious. Agreed. He he just takes the Fast and Furious family formula yeah. <laughs> and he puts it onto this movie franchise that everyone thought was dead and for good reason. Mm-hmm. And and it legitimately revitalizes it yeah. into something that I would watch seven more sequels well, of. And, and this only this sequel only exists because of the Fast Be- franchise. Yes. Yeah. Clearly. Yep. Like, Nobody was pining for no. a third yeah. uh, triple X. He wasn't even maybe. In, Diesel wasn't even in the second one. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it was just my boy Ice. It is, uh, you know, I say this about the Fast and Furious movies sometimes, and I only kind of mean it about those, where it's like, they they kind of know that they're not great, so they like kind of lean into that, and they like have fun being not that great. Triple X is the first movie I can say that legitimately knows it's the stupidest movie you've ever seen in your life, and uses that to its advantage every second. And it's also, uh, Xander Cage is a character. Yes. You forget that Vin Diesel's actually a pretty good actor. I totally forgot he could act. see him play... Dom Toretto anymore, yeah. pretty mm-hmm. much, and I mean that's that's like the only thing he gets yeah. roles doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Just yep. they walk into a room and he's just sitting there staring at a car, yeah. flexing, and then the scene starts. You yep. don't know what he was doing before, but like Xander Cage, 
is a real character. Oh, yeah. And he's clearly enjoying himself. Yeah. And they brought in a huge, very diverse cast of characters of all different shapes and sizes, yep. all different action styles. Yep. And managed to mash it into this, like, it feels like a Bollywood movie. Yes. And <laughs> that shot of the plane at the end. Dude. I don't want to say too much, but there's a shot. Oh, my God. Twice in my life this happened. Once was when Tom Cruise was tied to the plane at the beginning of uh, uh, Rogue Nation. Uh-huh. And once was the end of Triple X where it was happening, and I uncontrollably was like laughing, just like, ha, 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 because it was so purely just everything. Well, oh. and you, you know me. The, I, there was a, there's a scene in this movie that literally did make me laugh out loud uncontrollably through the was entire scene. Was it the scene, scene in which they... It was the scene in which they rip tubes on dirt bikes, dude. <laughs> they fucking surf across the ocean on dirt bikes in this movie. It's my favorite thing that's happened in a movie this year. It is hands down my favorite scene of the year. And I laughed so uncontrolled. It, it looks like amazing. It doesn't look shitty. Nope. It should look so shitty. It, it made me laugh so hard that at the end of the movie, Dan and I were talking about how much we love the end of the movie, and I had to say to Dan, wait, what made me laugh so hard in the middle of the movie? And he was like, you mean when they surfed on dirt bikes? And I was like, how is this movie so crazy? I forgot that they ripped tubes on dirt bikes. The best part about it, too, is that I, who's is he chasing Donnie Yen? He's chasing Donnie he's Yen. He's chasing Donnie Yen, and Donnie Yen knows what these bikes are capable oh, yes. of, and he just flies off a cliff and into the ocean with it. But as he's in the air, he kicks a little button, yep. and these skids come out of the bottom of it that he can surf on. But before even that happens, Xander Cage, as extreme as he is, three X's worth of extremeness, <laughs> he just goes for it, not knowing that this he has bike no is idea a, the bike will work in the ocean. That like even if it doesn't have that kind of thing, yeah, like, I'll figure it out. Xander Cage, he'll rip yeah. some tubes. Yeah, he'll rip a tube on a pop tart if, <laughs> yeah. if he needs to. It's fine. And, and he, luckily, he sees that and is yeah. able to you know. I just launch love the, that uh, in that second that he's in midair, he sees Donnie Yen do the thing, and he's like, "My bike must do the same <laughs> thing." And he just, <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's amazing. There's a John Woo double gun. Yep, two ladies double gun action sequence it's awesome there's donnie yen probably i don't know if i'm thinking of the right movie but i'm pretty sure he bow staff kills like 10 people <laughs> uh, yeah there's just everything uh well, vin you... diesel shows up uh who was the who tony jaws in it and it was tony collette's the boss right yep tony she collette the, yep. and she's like meet your new team oh. and it's two like like big burly fbi dudes and they're yeah. like let's do it and then xander I mean, cage just activates their parachutes that they fly off of the plane he's like, i get them. my own team <laughs> Like, all right. You just murdered American agents. (laughs) But they're like, whatever. He's extreme. And I got to say, I love Charlize Theron, but Tony Collette out Charlize as Charlize in this movie. Because Charlize didn't have any room to breathe. No, yeah. But it's over circulated air on that plane. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But also, she never fucking leaves. Exactly. She never leaves it. Except the very end. Yeah, and the very beginning when she shows him the uh, spoiler alert baby. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that to be fair though, I think all those things are true of Tony Collette's character in Triple X too. Mm-hmm. She's not given a lot to do. She's mostly on the plane the whole time. She's just great at. They literally give her the worst one-liners. Like they're the worst one-liners ever written, and she's so good at chewing them in just the right way that it's like utterly hilarious the whole time. It I I loved Triple X Return of Sandra Cage. It trumped all of the action movies that I like. John Wick didn't make it on my list, which is definitely a better movie, but. Triple X3 was it, just the one to watch. It's so fun. And I just want people to support it because I'm not ready to jump ship on, on Fast and the Furious. Me at all. I, I never turn my back on family. No. But Wait, jump ship isn't Fast and Furious 9? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Bring it Would on. Would watch. And uh, yeah, I think uh, like I'm ready for this franchise. Yes, I, I would takes. happily watch a Triple X4. Mm-hmm. Which, what do they even call that? Quadruple X? It would be 
Well, I guess this one would be the return of uh, now. I can't think of Ice Cube. Oh yeah, name. what's his name? Uh, shit. What is that character? It really should name? just be Ice Cube. It. I, it pretty much is. When he pops up on screen at the end of this movie, the whole theater was like, Ice Cube! Was, <laughs> that's awesome. It was wild. He plays Darius Stone. Darius oh, so fucking Stone. Badass. Jesus that's Christ. Awesome. So Xander Cage and Darius Stone together again. Oh, that's oh what good. about that jacket? Dude. Because the jacket that was cool in 2000, or I think that's when Triple X came out, his yeah. big fur coat, yep. and he's you know, pounding Red Bulls, and he's yep. got tribal tattoos. And oh, there's even a scene where he's like showing his tattoos, and he's like, yeah, I've got some regrets. Yeah. But he still wears that fucking ass jacket. It's great. That's it's, awesome. Everything's about is is so great. Um, yeah, number seven. In, number seven with a bullet. With a lot of bullets, actually. Tony Jaws in it? Yeah. Yeah, Tony Jaws. I love Tony Jaws. Tony Jaws awesome. They give him, he does the weirdest things in this movie. That's awesome. I, I really need, I, I tr- was trying to catch up on it before this, but I, yeah. I, uh, I watched an, a, I, uh, watched the movies in the theater that yes. did not make my list instead, but yes, know, I'll, I'll catch up. There was that guy, because <laughs> I'll never forget this moment. We got there and it wasn't fully crowded yet, but yeah. it was pretty crowded. It ended up every seat was filled. Yeah. So we sat down and before there was a crowd, a dude sat right in the seat next to Garrett <sighs> and you said, well, I guess we're getting extreme pretty early, aren't we? <laughs> and like he was completely clueless. Yeah. Um, the the dude didn't. But then at the end, uh, I'll let you drop the quote. He gave a one sentence review right as the credits rolled that perfectly captures everything about Triple X Three. I swear he meant this with no value judgment. This was not meant to be an evaluation of the movie, but it's the perfect evaluation of the movie. He just goes. Well, that was genuinely surprising. <laughs> no excitement in his voice, no disappointment in his voice. That's just awesome. that was genuinely surprising. That, and converse to on their way into the theater, yeah, um, they were him and his guest that that he was with were just talking about how they hated Split yeah. because it insensitively portrays mental illness. Yeah. And I was and I hadn't seen it yet, but I'm sitting there. I'm like. This is the kind of guy that I know is going to just run his mouth and spoil the fucking movie. Yeah. So I was like, la, 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 yeah, la, yeah, <laughs> trying yeah. not to listen. <laughs> Luckily, he didn't. Yeah, and then he watched a movie that literally is just brain damage on film, and he was yeah. fine with it. <laughs> uh, all right, go ahead. He, uh, he, uh, he empties out a machine gun into public because he knows it's fake. Because he knows it. that, Like, he wasn't told that. He's just so confident that he's not going to kill 100 people. Oh, and I love when they reveal that he's detective fucking yeah. Xander Cage, and he's somehow, like... Well, that's a theme from the last two movies. Every triple X, when you go in, they put you in this situation, and it's supposed to look like something bad's about to happen. And then Xander Cage, being who he is, is like, this is all just a fake test. And I passed the test because I I fooled you. you Because I'm suddenly a detective for the the 30 seconds that we're being detectives. (laughs) It's amazing. Number six. All right, so my number six is Wonder Woman, Ah. uh, which Ah. we we talked about before, obviously. Yes. Um, but just kind of following up, I think it, it's also kind of cool that, like, you know, with a Superman reboot and then a Batman v Superman movie, that <clears throat> Wonder Woman is like the character that everybody's latching onto. Yes, um, and I think it's it's just really awesome that kind of you know D, in the Marvel versus DC, DC is kind of ahead in the game on this, and you know I just think they lucked out with um, you know Gal Gadot just gives an amazing performance. She embodies that character. She's believable in every single scene of that movie. Um, and it's just it's just a joy. I would bet money that Warner Brothers is kicking themselves that they were already in production on a Justice League movie that they had pre-decided Batman was the leader of. Yep. Mm-hmm. Had they had Wonder Woman got released before that went into production, Wonder Woman would have been the leader of the Justice That'd be League. So awesome. That would be amazing. I mean, it actually makes sense for yes. her to be like, we should do this we, to yeah. be good. Yes. Right. Whereas Batman's was more like 
you know, we should do this because my the name, scripture my says that I Martha. should do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. I remember what it was, what it was I was going to say about Wonder Woman. It gave everybody, including me, the feeling that seemingly only I got from Man of Steel, yeah. which is when you leave the yes. movie, you're like, I want to be good the way Wonder Woman is. Yes. yes. No, you know, I love that. There's 1, so few superhero movies that are truly where the uh, main character is an inspiration yeah. like that, and this, this movie has that in space. It's got real heroics. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean... God forbid a superhero movie have like actual <laughs> oh, yeah. heroism in it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, and it's full of that. It's just, it's so, I don't know, there's something so pure about it that I just loved. Uh, well, yeah. You said it best uh, when we did uh, Batman v Superman in your review of that. And I think earlier when we were talking about Wonder Woman, that it's superheroes as, as mythological characters. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like, what are they but the embodiment of some kind of ideal yeah. if you're thinking of mythology? And I, it totally just does that. Yeah. Yeah. Love That's it. That's my number six. Hell yeah. Daniel. My number six, I think I'm the only person who saw it, mm-hmm. and it's a movie that um, could have been a million different things before it became what it was, but uh, Cure for Wellness. I really want to see this yeah, so bad. I, I love good. Verbinski, and I just have not had the time. Yeah, That's what it comes down to, is Verbinski is of the mainstream filmmakers. He's one of the few that is also kind of his own flavor, mm-hmm. and I've always liked it more or less, you know, for better or worse, but for this movie was initially going to be the Bioshock adaptation, oh. and... I I've I watched one of my friends play all of Bioshock too. It was a great movie. Yeah. And yeah. um but I'm glad that this that didn't happen. And yeah. It was kind of retrofit into this. It felt like a uh So like a lot of the design work and stuff was initially meant for uh Yes, in the yeah. same way that like District Nine looks Halo y because yeah. it was gonna be a Halo uh, movie. This looks Bioshocky. Uh-huh. Um there's eels, there's slimy, uh-huh. grimy water, uh-huh. there's a creepy lab, there's uh-huh. you know, it, it everything about it, but it feels to me like an old James Whale movie where it's just a big gothic production. But this movie has a huge budget yeah. and it kind of wears its excuse me, it wears its novelty on its sleeve. There are sequ- literally the last shot is a scene with just the most obvious green screen in the background, but I think that's on purpose yeah. because it read to me the way that a painted backdrop looks. Mm-hmm. Where it, So it just kind of has that idea in it. And it's not a perfect movie. There's a million strings that you could pull that just don't make sense, but I almost don't want it to because it's, yeah. it's so just brazen with its weirdness. Yeah, It's cool. W- with that aesthetic note, I feel like there's a lot of directors, obviously, that love old movies, but mm-hmm. I feel like Verbinski is alone in really loving old spectacle movies mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and trying to replicate that look of you know, going all the way back to like the Buster Keaton stuff that he does. Oh, Mouse Hunt is Buster Keaton if there ever was one. Yeah. Right. You know, like he loves those old yep. like action movies and like, you know, again, with the painted backdrops and that kind of stuff. And he really like... I think to him, there's something in him that like identifies that as being like really pure cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's awesome that it comes through in Cure for Wellness. It really, really does. And the, I mean, uh, this isn't a spoiler or anything, but I'll just say it this way: in the final showdown, the entire time of the final showdown, where you know the bad, the 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 baddie and the goodie are basically <laughs> screaming at one another, the baddie is completely on fire, yeah. and it was clearly done by lighting a stuntman on fire and then digitally putting the actor's face in front of it. So, I mean, ten out of ten yeah. on that. For I love stuntmen fully on fire, yeah. And that's probably the third one in the movie, but the fact that the last act is someone <laughs> on fire doing the flailing so that they don't burn to love death, it. but a performance on t- it's it's cool. It's pretty good. That's and awesome. there's eels that are gross. Yeah. So like it really t- there's a dentistry torture oh. scene. There's now it, I don't want to really see just it. Just has everything, and uh, and I could see everyone that hears this going to watch it and then hating it. Yeah. I could totally see that, but yeah. I don't know. It was it, it. There was nothing else quite like it. 
So it made it on my list. All right. Uh, number six for me, right? And then we get into the top half. Yeah. Uh, I put Alien Covenant at my number six of the year. Nice. Actually. I really, I had such a great time in the theater with this. I, like, I, Mind damn, if I play your flute? <laughs> please, please play my flute. Uh, you, uh, you blow, I'll do the fingering. Uh, <laughs> it is. It, it has maybe my second favorite scene of the year, which is uh, what I like to call the dual flute bender scene, uh, where Michael Fassbender is teaching himself to play the flute. Uh, it is the most sexually charged scene in a movie this year, which uh, is insane considering what it is. Uh, it's totally crazy. It is immediately followed up by a robot kung fu fight, which is also one of the best things I've seen in a movie this year. I, we were sitting next to each other, Dan. I think we both kind of had this experience with it, but I like had this experience huge. One of few movies this year that I, I was literally like gripping my armrests and I kept like gasping at things. Oh, yeah. I, I just, and, and not just at like, ooh, scary alien stuff, like also at just like the big technology ideas that are in the beginning, those big uh, 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 solar sails they put up at the one point and stuff. Like, there's that so really cool. many amazing, yeah. so many amazing things about this movie that even go beyond the alien, you know, thing that's going on in this movie. And as an alien movie, I actually like it. I know uh, people find it maybe somewhat indefensible as an alien movie, but I quite like it. Um, I, I just, that shower I, sequence? Yeah. That goes up there with the uh, the abortion sequence uh-huh. in uh, Prometheus. Prometheus it's yeah. just like a great little just one off horror sequence yep. that just yeah. hurts. And and it it goes up with that uh, the you know, that iconic shot from Alien Three with uh, Ripley. Mm. Like it's mm. it's that level of just like you know like, like you could see one still from that scene and be like oh I know what's about to happen yeah. and I want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you get to see this one, Joe? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't care what anyone says. I loved Prometheus. Me too. I you too. love Covenant. Yeah. Ridley Scott, I, I I appreciate his vision for this franchise, I think, more than any other director. Yeah. Um, because we rewatched all of them before we saw Did you do a huge Covenant. marathon? Yes. Yeah. And it was the first time that I think I saw the third one. Uh, yeah, and the fourth one. I and guess. and the fourth one. Um, and I came to realize that I I think my favorite is Alien. Uh-huh. And I, I ended up not really liking Aliens that much. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, because I remember loving it the first time I saw it. But mm-hmm. I think it's just because I like Ridley Scott's vision for it more than the others. Like, I love the horror aspects of yep. it. Mm-hmm. I love the eeriness. Yeah. He look. sets an atmosphere. It's an a- that, it, absolutely. Yeah. And There's something that hangs over those movies yes. that you just feel the whole time. And I don't like it necessarily as like an action film, like an action movie. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like that kind of, you know, part of it. And so. I actually think this one, that's one of the exciting things about Covenant, is it kind of marries the action parts of this franchise True. to yeah. the horror parts of this franchise absolutely. in a pretty mm-hmm. interesting way. Which I don't think any director had quite nailed. Maybe Cameron, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. well, this one's unique in that it uses the action to get the characters and the aliens in the same places. Yes. So, like, most of the the action scenes are them moving from one location to another. Like uh-huh. that big mm. sequence on that like floating yeah. truck thing. Yeah. Like that oh, that sequence that was is so cool. It's awesome. so good. But all it does is get the alien back to where it needs to be. Like, it's, yeah. You know, the action serves a like a plot purpose. Yes. It's not just there to be a cool 
cool action scenes. Like, oh, we also need to get from here to there. Let's yeah. make it fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was so happy that I was on that Alien Covenant episode. Dude, of I know. show that we did. Yeah. And I, you can listen to us talk about this movie all, all day on, a, on an episode we did on it. But I just, it's one of the best experiences I had in the theater this year. I had such a good time watching this movie. And I, like, can't wait for it to come out so I can watch it again. That's the thing. I think it has high rewatch value. Yeah. I would like to watch I even before I ever saw any alien movies, the brand of it was always very attractive. Yes. And I think I think Ridley Scott matches what I find attractive about it. Yeah, he to me he is the brand. He's like the spokesman for this. And it's not because he's made three of them compared to other you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, that it, said though, I think Alien Three, I think that movie blows. <laughs> but I think it, it straight up blows. That movie yeah. is terrible. Yeah. The whole jail thing at the end uh-huh. makes no visual sense. Uh-huh. It's yep. like twenty minutes where you just have to check out and be like, All right, I hope that they get Whatever. The thing. <laughs> you know, oh, they're so, gonna get out. Cool. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. And oh, that Dutton guy. I haven't seen him in a few years. <laughs> just, but I think a little bit of that visual aesthetic has remained mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the series, including Prometheus and Covenant. So I yeah. give it that. Yeah, Fincher did add a little bit to the visual DNA of the series for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, that's my number six. Yeah. Let's uh, get to the top half of these lists. Yeah. So uh, we all the way my, We're at number five, baby. Yeah. My number five. I, I don't know if other of you guys have seen this movie. Uh your name. Um, oh, I it, wanted to see this. It's an yeah, anime, right? Yep, it's an anime. Um, uh, Mikito uh, Shanghai, I believe is how you say his name, but okay. I'm probably horribly wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, so it. Uh, so since you guys haven't seen it, I won't spoil it because the the ending of this movie is insane. <laughs> so like, uh, in in a great way, and it totally makes sense. But uh-huh. like, I wasn't sure how far down the rabbit hole they were gonna go, yeah. and so I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it. But basically, it's a um, a body swap movie. Okay. Um, so so there's this girl living in this small town in like kind of rural Japan, uh-huh, and uh-huh. she falls asleep and she dreams that she is a boy living in Tokyo, mm-hmm. and he falls asleep and he dreams that he is a girl living in a small town. Fascinating. And they like you know she really she desperately wants to leave the small town. He's like overwhelmed by like his life because they're both like like they have. Like he has a job and like, but they're both like kind of high school age, and uh, you know they get to experience each other's lives and they kind of learn that. And there's a lot of like comedy that comes from like the typical kind of body swap things, but mm-hmm. it's done very well. Like he wakes up whenever he wakes up in her body, he immediately starts uh, feeling her breasts <laughs> and like because he just can't help it. Yeah, yeah. It, and he has like every time he's like, I don't want to. I gotta, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's always played up for laughs. Like yeah. it's all, you know, and it's meant to be that kind. It's got of like, like a light touch kind it's of. It's got a very yeah. light touch. It's not meant to be sinister yeah. or creepy. It's really just like that, like that, you know, adolescent experimentation. Yes. Like, oh, I have the opportunity to do this. I'm gonna take it. You can feel the innocent place it comes from. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. and it, and it's really sweet like that. And that's like the first third of the movie. Oh, cool. um, okay. Yeah, and then it. it you just described an entire genre of movies, yeah. and then told me that's only the first third yeah, of this yeah. movie. And and it does an interesting thing of how they start trying to communicate with each other. Okay. And then it. Do they of, go stand in a park at a certain time of day? <laughs> no. Well, they, how uh, awesome would that be? They, uh, <laughs> the they, colossal extended universe. Yeah. They, uh, yeah. They they leave each other notes. Oh. Um, in a in a very interesting way that's very like of the smartphone. Are era. they death notes? I know very little about anime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they're not death notes. But um, and then it kind of escalates from there as they start to figure out who the other person is, mm. and things kind of take an interesting turn, okay. and they, it kind of mines some more genre elements. Um, but this movie is gorgeously animated. Like this, I heard, it's the, amazing. The food in this movie <laughs> made me hungry, and I'm like, someone drew that, yeah, and like. 
I'm starving now. <laughs> like it's really, it's like so. The, it just looks amazing. Um, it's got a really fun soundtrack, which cool. um, you know, like I saw the subtitled version, mm-hmm. um, and they left in. It's a lot of like what I assume is J-pop because it sounds like pop music, but it's in Japanese, mm-hmm. uh, and that's all I know about J-pop. <laughs> uh, but the soundtrack is really fun yeah. and. You know, it's the kind of thing that I think does have a broad appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if you're not a like, like I'm not, I maybe watch like Miyazaki movies mm-hmm. and like one or two other anime films like mm-hmm. every couple years yeah. kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, I still, way. I still really enjoyed it. Like, there was something about this that just kind of, uh, you know, caught caught my eye with it, and I was like, I need to go see that. And uh, I really want to check out the rest of this uh, director's work because it, it's he seems what's the, like what's his name? Uh, Makoto Shankai. I think. Ooh. Yeah. I kind think. of Shanghai. I, this is my crappy handwriting. <laughs> Sounds awesome. I'm like reading my crappy handwriting. So okay. I take, I take that with a grain of salt. But yeah. the movie is Your Name. Yes. Um, and then. Oh, he, it's Garrett? Uh, yeah. Exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Got it. Um, <laughs> so Google Your Name. And yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It works but, for everybody on the planet. All of, <laughs> it seems like all based on the uh, descriptions, all of his movies are kind of that marriage of they're about relationships with other people, okay. but they use uh, sci-fi genre to kind of get to that place yeah and i will i i but at the end of this movie i was bawling i was yeah. a com- i was like devastated and like a complete mess in the theater and i saw it alone which is always like <laughs> somehow more awkward than crying with somebody that you don't know that well yes. was <laughs> that I was like i feel like everybody at that movie went alone <laughs> no, most of them went in like large groups of of, okay. of like teenagers oh. and i was like this old guy like <laughs> silently sobbing to himself yeah. in this movie <laughs> You were like, "This so, is my get out," but uh, but then you know, none of them went out in the daylight, so I was fine after. <laughs> what is it called again? Uh, your name. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna Google Just, my name. Yeah. yeah, good, good. Go, go for it. <laughs> you never on that. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime somebody says to me, "The end of this movie is insane." Yeah, and I, I'm always I, on board. I try to use that sparingly because there's a lot of insane endings to a lot of movies, but this <sighs> one really, it, it really, it really got me. It, nice, both emotionally and um, you know, kind of the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very interested to see that. So Google your name when you get home. Got it, Garrett. And the first movie that pops up, okay, is that movie. Ooh. All right, guys. Speaking of crying in movie theaters, uh-huh. I was an absolute fucking mess for my number five movie, Logan. Ah, that oh. movie was, that was a so tough cut for me too. Good. Yes, same here. I think that's probably my number eleven, but I had to cap it at two superhero movies. So I had to do a certain. Uh, but but yeah, Logan and I also cried a lot. Yeah, this is the one. It. <laughs> my, my this favorite, is the one. Because <laughs> for the longest time, I was like, Spider-Man 2, I fucking love. I rewatched it the other day. It is the, so uh, the, damn good. The, uh, Toby Maggie. Toby Maggie. Toby Maggie. Oh, my goodness. And he's so good in it. I love Spider-Man 2. And I have not felt that way about a superhero movie. And Logan came very, 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 very close. Better than Man of Steel? <sighs> I think it was better than Man of Steel. And I and I fucking love it, Man of Steel. But no, <laughs> that's another episode. Mm-hmm. We're here to talk about Logan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did everything right about it. First off, he's been that character for seventeen years. Seventeen, 17 years. years, more than half. Nobody my life. else has played him. Even yeah, all of the other true. X-Men were played by other people through time jumps. Yeah. Never Wolverine. And we have had what a hundred Wolverine movies. Yeah, shouldn't it be so easy to just write a good Wolverine movie? Yeah, it's a man with claws chopping people. Yeah. Like it's it's the easiest thing to write about. And they finally did it. Yeah. I, it, it felt so good to watch and say goodbye to his character, say goodbye to that actor as him. Also, at the same, like, 
Also, the same time Patrick Stewart. He's like eight Dude. years old. Yeah, that was his big farewell to the series. It was, and the little girl was so wonderful. Everybody is so good in that if movie. If it didn't become an X Men movie, quote unquote, yes. for three minutes, yeah, it would be perfect. I, Dude, I literally but, agree with oh, you. That's like my biggest so criticism good. of that movie is it becomes the thing that I always annoys me in X Men movies, which is just suddenly there's a scene where like the geography never quite makes sense to me mm-hmm. and everybody's just launching powers everywhere. But, and- but I, I will say it's different from the Brian Singer X-Men movies because at least those people are in motion using their powers. <laughs> yes. Because yeah. in all the Brian Singer ones, they stand still, they do their powers and yeah. then stuff happens. Yeah, yeah. So at least this one had like yeah. some sort of kineticism. Yeah, yeah. Um, Agreed with that. You know, and I know I just talked about a movie that had me crying at the end. But, like, <laughs> I literally, like, I think you asked if I was okay when the credits came up because I was just, like, in my hoodie, like, I don't want to be here right now, like, having this moment because I don't think I realized until seeing Logan how connected I was to this these versions yes. of the characters. Right. I've never cared about an X-Man. Yeah. And Logan was the one that's been branded to me since I was, since I was a youth. It was always just, oh, they have cool powers. Yeah. And he has kind of no powers like that. Right, He's right. just... Well, he has the power as as a thirty year old. He's exactly. he has the power I want, which is to not get hurt. Yeah. But in the yeah. same way that Man of Steel, I loved because I finally cared about Superman against yeah. all odds. This was like it. It didn't. It wasn't like I finally care about Wolverine. It was like holy shit! I can't believe how much I care about Wolverine. Yeah. yeah. And and then what I really loved is they did that sly thing where he has the comic books. Uh-huh. He's like, yeah, oh, these comic books, X-Men, ha, ha, ha. I used to read these. They're stupid. It didn't happen that way. Yeah. Erased everything bad about every X-Men movie yeah. because he just called every other X-Men movie an actual movie. Yeah. yeah. And, I love that. I really love that you know, James Mangold kind of capped this trilogy where we meet Logan, where he's like this nobleman back in the 1800s, and he times travels mm-hmm. and meets this girl, and they have that romance, and he brings her back at the end of Kate and Leopold. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, I kind of want to see that. I've never I've, seen it, that. It's on Netflix. I wrote a whole letterbox review as if it was the yeah. first Wolverine movie. It's a really great oh, review that people that should look up. Um, so I, I, I just had a bit of fun with it. And then, yeah. uh, you know, but to have one director kind of do these two movies back to back and kind of explore different aspects of who Logan is mm-hmm. uh, was super fun. But I have to say, as, as much as I was emotionally connected to Logan and Professor X in this movie, I loved Laura. Yeah. That She's little so girl good. was amazing. Her was performance great. was great. And I'm very like hard on child performances uh-huh. because but because I think when they're good, it's like a kid just kind of being themselves. Mm-hmm. But she really does play a character that I assume, I hope, is unlike right. her real life, you know, kind of persona. So yeah. um, you know, and the fact that all of a sudden, she's like she's silent for most of the movie, I love and then that she just scene. starts talking in I rapid Spanish, scene. and he's yeah. like, "You can talk," yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you know, it just kind of that opens up the movie in a different way, and you yeah. really like as much as this is about Logan and he's the title character, yeah. this is as much her movie yeah. and like her story. Uh-huh. It's kind of, it is its own kind of origin story for who I assume we'll get to see as sort of a future Wolverine of some kind. I hope so. Yeah, I definitely hope so. Yeah, she was. There's a scene. My favorite scene in the movie is when he has to tell her, like, there's no mutant place. They're sitting in the truck. Yep. And he's so frustrated and he's yeah. so old and he's fucking really hurting. Yeah. And he has to tell it to her. And uh, I don't know what to say. It's so good. Yeah. And, <laughs> so, yeah. and that, that sequence where they are at the. Uh, the farm that's owned by that family. That yeah. is the most that's, heartbreaking that shit whole, ever. But that whole sequence is like its own great movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like, my favorite part of that movie. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah. Uh Jill, I it sounds like you also saw this movie. I did. 
Did you enjoy this? You're, you're looking around the I room did. at three grown men being like, it made me no, cry. I, like we're a bunch I, of fucking morons. <laughs> I appreciate uh, the emotion that you have for it. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not an X-Men fan. Okay, fair. So I don't know if I've even seen any of the X-Men movies from start, start to finish. I'm pretty sure I haven't. You've, but you've, you've seen at least First Class. Thing. Yes, I have, and I I didn't mind well, that. It's, it's the best one. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't mind it at all, but I I enjoyed this one, and I think it's because it was um, least like an X Men movie. Yeah, that I don't like. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it plays like a western noir kind of, which is an interesting combo of things too in its own right. Yes, uh, Logan, yeah. Logan, Logan, <laughs> come back, come yeah. back. <laughs> no, uh, no. Don't come back. Yeah. It's uh, got to well, end here. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> to- totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, to be fair, I, I enjoyed this movie, but it didn't make my list mostly because I that section at the farmhouse, I think, is the best part of the movie mm-hmm. in an extreme way where I almost kind of like... I remember the very end because it's just got a great final frame. Well, not actually the final frame. That is ridiculous and looks terrible, but the you guys know what I'm talking about. Yep. Uh, there's a... The X. The X, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah the X that, is amazing. So I remember that, but literally I kind of don't remember this movie other than that middle chunk that is so good. I feel like that that is the movie for me, and the rest of it didn't quite, it just didn't elevate itself the, the way some other movies did for me this year. That's yeah. all. I mostly cut it because I was like, I can't have three superhero movies on <laughs> yeah. my list. It's, yeah. too, it's too much. Yeah. I got to yeah. put something else on there. But Before we get off it, I have to say one more thing about yes. it. The thing that, what it is about when it becomes an X-Men, yes. X-Men movie that I hate, is that it gets to a point where it's like, oh, well, I guess to solve this whole movie, you could have just used your fucking powers. Yeah. Like when they're all just sitting around doing yeah. the powers, like, you guys can actually do yeah. anything. Yeah. You could, right. you could and do you could have done that while you were but in your little... But it's everybody. almost like they didn't know that until Logan showed up and showed exactly. them they yes. could. So like, I do like that. There's a little of... commentary on like the abuse of those kids too, just right. in that like they've kind of just been told that they can't, you know yeah. what I mean? And so yeah. they... But then he kind of takes on the Xavier role yeah. and being that inspiration of like, mm-hmm. look what you can do. Yeah. So that that's kind of a cool so little it, thematic yeah, it, thing. It cools it, it it cools that off a little bit. Yeah. But you know, when they're all just sitting around like fireheads, <laughs> laser eyes, they're like you could kill anybody. <laughs> yeah. I wish you their, I wish their names <laughs> really were their powers. Yeah. Like and I wish they had to scream them when, yeah. to make them happen. <laughs> Firearms, Mastodon. Oh, yeah. oh, wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure there is an X Men that literally can turn into dinosaurs. Like that. Why am I not that X Man? I'm pretty sure that exists. His name's Dino Man. (laughs) It's Dino Man. It's literally something like that. His name isn't Dynamite. Dynamite. Because then he becomes Dynamite. 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 There's like laser hands, laser eyes, and then like the guy's like super hearing. Can you guys calm down? It's really (laughs) loud on this battlefield. Stop saying my name. Why did you send me to this one? You know I'm a really good hacker. (laughs) I could be the guy at home. Uh, could be the guy in the chair. Yeah, could be the guy, guy in the, the chair. chair. Oh, there's already a guy in the chair. <laughs> He's getting old, though. Yeah. And I'm yeah. filling in. I, I, well. <laughs> getting uh, to the top of this uh, mansion. <laughs> uh, my number five, John Wick 2. Nice. Uh, it, had, it had to be on my list. I, I was like really toying with whether this was going to be on my list or not. And I like because I I don't think John Wick even made my list the year it came out, and I honestly like John Wick better than I like John Wick Two. But of all the movies I've seen this year, I, that is just I I, I love <laughs> action movies. Like I really love good action, and that is just that is just that's pure cinema to me. Like John Wick Two, there's another movie on my list this year that's pure cinema to me. But like this is like just pure cinema. It is just moving frame i mean it's literally just movement it's a it's a movie about movement you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's just 
And I really, one of the things I loved about it that was, I honestly think, like, kind of original to this movie, at least to me, uh, and John Wick 1 is not like this, the act, the way the action happens is, like, Keanu Reeves kills people before they even make it into the frame. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't even know that this guy exists, yep. and he's already been shot dead before his body even makes it to the frame. He lit, like... He's, he's the boogeyman. Yes. But, but my point is, like, usually, you know, the, the language of cinema, quote unquote, is like, well, we have to establish that that guy's there so that when they kill him, we know, like, where he was when he died and that he was a person that needed to be killed. This movie throws all that to the side to go, like, no, this needs to be like a living, breathing moment right. that it looks like John Wick is just reacting to as it's happening. And in order for that right. to happen, He's got it, but you know, people, we have to feel like there are people just at the edges of the frames that he is also right. battling. Because it drives home that he is awesome at this. Yes. And he's reacting faster than we can yes. react to seeing them. And I truly think that that is Keanu Reeves' like unique talent as an actor. And I, I only realized it in this movie. And I want to go back through some of his other movies and see if I noticed this. But like, he really looks like he's just making it up in the moment in that movie, even mm. though. It's the craziest action choreography of all time. Like every single moment of that is planned. And it looks like he's just coming up with all that stuff on the spot and reacting in the second. That's amazing. Because as much as I love uh, the Raid movies, like like those movies are like dance movies. They look like ballet. Right, because they are so choreographed. I definitely think you're right. Like this has that kind of like in the moment feel. Yeah. Um, And I, I love how it marries that to this like crazy universe. Yes. Because um, like this is almost what I wanted like Kingsman to be like. Yes, which is a movie I did not care for. But I like Kingsman a lot. I'm excited I hear what for you're the sequel. Yeah, um, <laughs> I, I am too. Yeah, um, but it had that like you know oh you peel back and there's this secret world of assassins and they yeah. have all these crazy rules and it marries like you could make a whole movie that didn't have these action elements yes. and still was really interesting to watch and you could make a whole movie just with the action which is more like the first John Wick. Yep. Um, and like, but putting the two of them together and making them both work really well, yeah. just like that's what elevates this movie yep. above either of those things. And y'all know how much I love a movie that looks like a pop tart. This thing is neon as shit, and <laughs> oh, I <laughs> love it. I just love the way these look. And, and he uses his car as a weapon in the beginning, which is fucking amazing. He does the thing where, if I remember correctly, the way he gets out of the car. Yes. Is he launched or does he do a tuck and roll? He, yeah, he kind of, yeah, he just kind of like. What it was. I, I just know he like escapes the car and it was like, oh, slick. Yeah, it's it's because the reason it's so slick is he's like literally about to die and like just kind of comes out of the car almost like it's moving around him yep. mm-hmm. as opposed to he's moving out of it. You know, it's it's wild. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you won't get a lot of that in Point Break. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> it's still there. I, like, I want to watch The Matrix and see, like, does yeah. that feel choreographed or do, is, is has he already figured this thing out where he can, like, make it look like he's actually, like, kind of learning it and doing it in the in, in the moment? I'm curious. The beauty of John Wick 2 to me is that the, the first one is such a good action movie for all of those reasons. Yeah. And it's like, what else can you do with it? Yeah. Again, do it again? Yeah. And then it has sequelitis. And this distinctly did not have sequelitis. No. Because they did it again, but they expanded the universe in yep. a way that was, it you know, it was really interesting, but kind of like kitschy and funny, yep. and very aware of what its next sequel could be. Mm-hmm. That's and really credit to Reeves. It's an incredible commercial. It is. Yeah. And, and cre- I, I buy. I will take one Keanu Reeves, please. Yeah. <laughs> credit to him is like he also learned like a bunch of new martial arts to do John Wick too, so that. Even the action felt like it was like a little bit different, a little bit fresh, a little bit, you know what I mean? Because he's like doing a different methodology. It's it's 
I, I really loved this movie. Kept the dog alive. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah the dog survives. Yeah. Big improvement. Feels good. Uh, I, if they did that again, though, yeah. I'd be like, oh, he's got to kill everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, bring yeah. it on. But but I also like that this this movie, like so many action movies, make it so that the like the main hero is not only physically but also emotionally like impenetrable. Yeah. And John Wick is a broken man. Yeah. He is completely broken, and this movie actually leans into it yes. and reminds you of his grief and all of the things that mm-hmm. he's still dealing with and getting over while he's popping dudes in the head. Yeah. Like, it's like that's what I, re- I respect that about it because it's not the easy, like, yeah. obvious choice, but it means it makes the movie about something mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. I, I loved it. And I also had one of my best movie going moments of the year at this movie. Uh, There's some chatty kids uh, right behind me throughout the movie. And they were very annoying, except for one brilliant moment of commentary when one of the villains breaks John Wick's phone, which, as we all know, has the last remaining video of his wife. It's yep. his last memory of his wife. And the villain breaks his phone, and this kid behind me goes, oh, they broke his phone? Oh, now he's going to fuck them up. Like it was, <laughs> it was, I, I, See, I had moved at this point, so yeah. I, I didn't hear this, but yeah. I believe what, I had heard, what you had told me he said was... Now he's got another thing to be yeah, mad about. Yeah, that's what it was. Now he's got another thing to be mad about. That was what the line was. It was like, oh, they broke his phone. Now so he's got another thing to be mad so, about. So I like, would be pissed. If someone was like, I killed your dog, I'd be like, well, I'm going to poison you one day. Yeah. But if they were like, and I broke your phone, I'd be like, yeah. well, now I have to hit you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so similar to how John Wick 2 opens with him getting his car back that was set up in one. Yes. I hope that 3 just starts with him logging into the cloud and the video is still there. <laughs> I think it stands to reason it's got to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's so much in the cloud. cloud. Yeah. yeah. Although so he I is, I hope he's untraceable. Yeah. He's John Wick. Yeah. They don't like, have a, if there's one person who's not on the grid, it's John Wick. You can't yeah. tell me they don't have a secret assassin cloud. Oh, of course. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. One token. Yeah. Five minutes yeah. in yeah. secret yeah. assassin cloud. The sack. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I love I loved John Wick too. I, I can't get it out of my head. That it's is just great. Yeah. Damn. Is it my turn? What oh. number are we on? Oh, Ryan. Right. Sorry. Yeah. I, ca- I literally keep changing the circle that we're uh, in. That's totally I'm just okay. really sad about Logan. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll give you a few more it. minutes. Yeah. Mm. Uh, my number four is a movie we talked about earlier, uh, Colossal. Oh, yes. Oh, nice. Because uh, I, just, I just really dug it. I love like kaiju movies, yeah. and this one has that cool twist on it. You know, I, we, I, we talked a lot about it earlier, so I don't know that we can <laughs> okay. go back through yeah. it, but uh, I just really just, I love this movie, and I feel like a lot of people who would love it did not see did it not for see whatever it. reason, yep. and mm-hmm. so I just can't. I can't hype this movie enough because yeah. it. I think it sticks the landing. Every, and for every some way. reason, Anne Hathaway seems to have gotten some sort of weird bad rap that I've noticed being on film yeah, Twitter. What's with the, yeah. And she is great in this movie. If for some reason you've soured on her, check this movie out because yeah. she is so good in this movie. She, I really, really liked her performance. And in this. she plays. I actually now I was really a uh, girl on the train. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is um, Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. She's really good in that movie. Yeah. But Anne Hathaway plays drunk. Yeah. Better than I think anyone I've ever seen on screen. Yes. That's very true. Yes. Yeah. That always bugs me when someone does some kind of substance and then behaves very inappropriately. Yeah, I'm drunk. Like, oh, yeah. Someone's uncle wrote this. <laughs> they don't get it. But yeah. she is that. It's very realistic and mm-hmm. it feels authentic, mm-hmm. which is very cool. Yeah. And very impressive. Yes, so. it is. Also, I, I really liked that. Nacho Vigalando makes my favorite movies to show other people and then watch them watch. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Time Crimes is my favorite oh, movie for that, and I think Colossal it. falls into that. Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And see Open Windows. I'm always recommending that to people. I gotta watch that again. See Open Windows. I, yeah. I I feel like I've seen it after I saw Time Crimes, but I got to go back and I like it. And if you haven't seen Time Crimes in a while, we should do a Nacho triple feature. That's all. I would, yeah. But you have to put in his I thing see with the extra... parallel universes in whichever Ooh. VHS that was. Yeah, 
That's a good one. I got to see Extraterrestrial, too. I can't find it anywhere. I don't remember it. I remember yeah. liking it, but I was like 25. Yeah. I liked oh. a lot of things when I was 25. Oh. <laughs> uh, Dan, I believe it's your turn this time. We are at number four. Yes, yep. sir. The happiest day in the life of Olimaki. I, this is, I did not see this one. Yeah, I don't know much so about it. Good. If Jill, I know you love a boxing movie. I do very much. <laughs> it's it tickled that without being a boxing movie, okay. which I didn't think was possible. Because Ali Maki, it's a true story. He's a guy that got to basically got the Rocky deal, had a big fight that he could do, but he's also fallen in love at the same time. So he's like gonna work hard on the fight, but he, there's no he's not gonna kill this guy. He yeah. doesn't. He, there's n- there's nothing about a boxing movie in it with the match. Yeah, you're not, the, and it uses that boxing framework to tell like kind of a silly. A silly little love story. Oh, I like that. It's good. Yeah. There's, there's like, I don't remember what the bad guy looked like. Because <laughs> yeah. he wasn't the bad guy. It was yeah. just, that's the opponent. Yeah, yeah. And it's not that Olimaki doesn't try. He's not hapless. He's working very hard to be a boxer, the best way that a boxer can be. And if he wins, he wins. And he hopes he wins. And he thinks he's going to win. And he's going to win. But, like, he doesn't really care. But his coach gives a fuck. Like, really, really gives a fuck whether that's he fun. wins. That's and a fun so dynamic. That, but they play it for kind of... Like dry silliness. Yeah, it's so good. Cool. Yeah, and Mubi produced it. Oh, really? And Mubi is—is is uh, that their first movie? Is that Mubi's first movie? I'm gonna, I'm is gonna, that a movie? A Mubi movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Separate podcast. Yeah. I like to Mubi Mubi, uh-huh. and Chris Hardwick will host, and he'll be—he'll talk with random celebrities about the uh, <laughs> about how much he likes everything they've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> it's a frustrating service because yeah. it's 30 days so it'd be like oh I really want to see that movie and then a week later you're like oh I'm really going to watch it's, that movie yeah, yeah. Make time. you got a timetable so it's rough but they yeah. produced this one so I'm sure it'll be available for longer yeah oh, that's a good point yeah, yeah. do you really like boxing movies that much I do very you do much. really yes. did you like like even like I didn't see any of these movies but like Hands of Stone is that what that was called I didn't see that one. No, me neither. Is that the one with Miles Teller? Usher. Oh, uh, wait, really? I no, the one I've with Miles Teller is pretty good. What's that called? That one is called. Oh, uh, I know. Uh, Miles Teller boxes the guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's called. Uh, it's like don't give up. It's so stupid. <laughs> like it's like no concussion, please. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, you get like brain damage or something. Yeah. In that one? Yes. Yeah. 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 It's I forget cool. the title though. I, I like have not that seen that one. Oh, bleed for this! Yeah, bleed, bleed for, this. for this, starring Fat Aaron Eckhart, <laughs> and it's it's the it's the weirdest stage makeup, but Aaron Eckhart's so good, and he works the chin. It's good stuff. You saw that for us, right? Or no? Yes, you did. Yes. Okay. And thank you because it was very good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you love boxing movies. That was like yeah. the I literally thought he was joking when he said that. No. I was like, that's the last thing I would expect I Jill to be like. I, my favorite genre: boxing movies. Yeah, I, and I don't know what it is about them. It's a sweaty just, man. It's really not though. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I love, you know, the final fight and the choreography and just the excitement. Like every final bot, like every final match has always been just incredible to watch, especially on like a big screen. Yeah. So I think that's what I enjoy. If the they most make a sequel it. to Creed, you're our guest because yes. you know Dan and yes. I are going to be talking about that movie. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, when speaking of movies, I cried a lot. And yeah. Yeah. I was a mess. Yeah. I was crying in the car afterwards <laughs> because for Creed. Could, yeah, because like it's you know, the moment it was when he gets the trunks, oh, yeah. and I'm like, those are his dad's trunks, <laughs> yeah. and like he didn't know his dad, but we know because they had the stars and stripes and America, and I was just <laughs> Rocky like, knows and Rocky right, knew that and Creed went, and I was everybody's just like, in on it, right? And I was just, <laughs> I'm getting choked up right now. Yeah. Stallone is so good in that he's movie, and I feel amazing. like people give him so much shit, and like yeah. just watch the movie. He's so freaking good in it. Blue like, Benders, I'm sorry, but the top ten is canceled. We're talking about Creed for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> what you said about the final fight, 
everything hinges upon upon the final fight. Right. And the movie's job is to pile all of those stats. Yes. And Rocky keeps doing it, and every time it works, yeah. I'm like, what else could you pile? <laughs> they would have to kill his dog, yeah. and it would have to be—they would have to execute his dog yeah. right in front of us. And I'd be like, all right, he's got to knock this guy out in 15 rounds. Yeah. <laughs> but they make it work. Yeah, and that movie's great. Yeah, Creed, Creed. my number one movie <laughs> yeah. of 2017. Yep. Uh, what are we on? Four. Yep. Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, oh yes, oh, I love it. Here, so I, uh, I have, I literally went from, <laughs> I literally went from like Marvel fanboy of the highest order. I, I would, I love comic books. I have spent much of my life reading comic books and loving comic books. I loved the idea of an interconnected universe that nobody's ever even tried that with movies. Really, you know, kind of, but mm-hmm. not like this. I, I just loved everything about it, and it happened so fast that I got fucking tired of it. That it just felt like wheels were spinning. I was watching the same... Like, it wasn't even that the movies themselves felt the same, although I do have that problem with them. But it just felt like any issue they had, they just kept repeating. They never... Anything that I didn't like about those movies, they just, for whatever reason, they're like, nope, we think that's working great. We're just going to keep doing that exact same thing every time. And I really just... Like, this whole phase of Marvel movies, pretty much from Ant-Man on, I've been pretty down on. And I went into Homecoming thinking the trailers were not that great. I'm kind of down on all these Marvel movies at this point. This actually looks more like it's an Iron Man sequel. I- I'm not that interested. And I was fucking delighted the entire time I watched this movie. I had the best time watching Spider-Man Homecoming. I love all the weird little changes they make to the story because it makes it feel fresh. And they actually find ways to basically get the exact... Like, it is the Peter Parker I want on screen exactly as I know Peter Parker, even though most of the details that I'm familiar with about Peter Parker are kind of different. That's awesome. That's like I, I, like... I don't even see that many people talking about that, and I feel like that's one of the most significant things about the movie is that they took some pretty... If you think about how fanboys are about these things, they made some pretty big leaps oh, yeah. in Spider-Man logic. Oh, yeah. But they still got us right to where it's like, no, that is my fucking Spider-Man. Like, That's very every, well put. It, like, that is who I want to see on screen. It's who I've always wanted to see on screen. It, it has none of the Marvel problems except for the fucking color issue. But it has none of the Marvel problems. It's not a big blue beam in sky at we the end. We did it in 3D. We did. That the could be. The color might be maybe. a little bit better, but I think it might still be they there. They fucking wash that shit out on every one of their movies, and I'm tired of it. Uh, but the, it just like the, the ending, the finale, I loved a, neon lights everywhere. I fucking love a movie that looks like a Pop-Tart. Uh, but B... Did you just used to stand in the middle of a Spencer's Gifts and uh, spin around like you were in heaven? Dude, every time I went to Sam's Club and I could get to the big fucking family pack of Pop-Tarts... Yeah. Oh! Uh, but yeah. The, so <laughs> I fucking loved the finale of this movie. It is very personal for both of the characters involved. Uh, and and it has big stakes, but they're not so big that they I just like don't even know what's happening anymore. They're, they're grounded in the stakes of the actual characters, which the Marvel finales never are. I just... Uh, and it's got a villain that I actually gave a shit about that I, like, understood the motivations for. Uh, the bet... I really... Th- this is probably true. I said the best scene in a movie this year was ripping tubes on dirt bikes, and that's my maybe my favorite scene in a movie this year. 
I truly think the best scene in a movie this year is in the car in Spider-Man Homecoming. Yep. That's all That's I'll say without spoiling yep. it. I truly think that is one of the best scenes in a movie this year. And that is a scene where John Watts, as a director, was not stripped of his voice when making a movie. That's the other thing that I've kind of had a problem about. They hire these promising young directors. They tend to get washed out in, in the Marvel formula. That's a little bit happening here. But I really think Watts maintained a lot of the voice that you can see in Cop Car that is like so distinct in this movie, and that is especially true in that scene in the car. It, I I just loved everything about that. I could glow about it forever. And one other point I wanted to make because I brought it up before with Wonder Woman, I like with Force Awakens. One of my favorite things about Star Wars, and especially about Force Awakens, is it's one of very few movies where I want to see every one of those characters again. I want to know everything about those characters. I want to see a hundred more movies with them. I adore every one of them, and I just want to know everything about them. I felt that way about the whole cast of Homecoming. I haven't felt that most Marvel movies, if anything, I care about the hero, and that's it. I don't give a shit about anybody else in their world. I loved every character in this movie, and I want to see, I want to see Flash again. I want to see the guy in chair again. I want to see Suit Lady again. I, like, I literally <laughs> I cared about all of them. I, I, I loved this movie. I, like, re- I couldn't believe how much I liked it. Yeah, I um I wrote a very long like fifteen hundred word yes, you re- did. <laughs> review. I had to read it <laughs> on, uh, on, on. I had to edit that shit, motherfucker. I, I had to edit it. <laughs> um, well, anyway, it was, uh, it was beautifully written. <laughs> thank you. There was a lot of time that was put into that. Yeah. It's time I probably. It's a it's been. a really really great article. Um, and I I I really 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 liked Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, there's parts of it that make it some of the best Marvel's ever done. Yeah. I think the action is a bit lackluster. Okay. Personally, uh, there is there wasn't anything where in an action scene I was like, wow, like that's cool, or I've never seen Spider Man do yeah. that before. Can I tell you this though? Yeah. It's big improvement. I really think over action in pretty much every Marvel movie so far, maybe than other uh, other than um, Winter Soldier, it was just clean and clear. Yeah. I, I knew yeah. what was I, happening in every of every shot of every action yeah, sequence. I saw it in IMAX and 3D. So yeah. I, there were a couple of times where my eye didn't know where to look, yeah, yeah. and I was like unfocused. So that it could just be the size of yeah. the screen and everything. But uh, the the biggest thing I appreciate about it, in comparison to most of the other Marvel movies, except maybe Age of Ultron, yeah. is that it exists in the universe. Mm-hmm. Like everything that happens in the movie is a result of something that's come before. Um, yes, and I love how they set it up with uh, they kind of recap Captain America: Civil War yep. with like Peter Parker like making his, his home video movie diary. and his like video diary, and yeah. he's like, "Oh, I gotta go, I gotta take capture," and then we like <laughs> we see the scene from a different perspective. Like that stuff is always fun, yeah. but um, like this is a Spider-Man that exists because Iron Man exists, uh-huh. and like they kind of play that up in a way that's very natural and organic. Mm-hmm. It's like, what would Spider-Man look like in this universe? Yep. And too many like. It's not that the other ones like aren't connected, but right. they don't necessarily logically follow of like, oh, this exists in the same universe, not because I'm seeing these characters on screen necessarily, right. but because like these characters are acting based on information that they have from living yes. in this world. Yeah. He's like created by the Avengers universe. Right, yeah. yeah. And it, it makes the Marvel Cinematic Universe... The whole universe, thing was his origin story. Right, yeah. <laughs> it makes it feel more alive and more lived in totally than agree. any of the other Marvel mm. movies. That, like as far as, you know, this whole idea of a big interconnected universe that I I was at one point so excited about this feels like the first time one of the first times they've maybe iron man 3 gets a little bit of this there's like a few others they touch on this but it really feels like i for i really finally appreciated like if it weren't for all the other movies that came before this this couldn't or wouldn't be as good it like it is so heavily based in that world and on the events that have come before in a in a in much to its benefit i think for like one of the first times uh and it made me 
appreciate the big interconnected universe that they've been building, yeah. despite the fact that you know I have grown tired of them building it. Yeah, and, and the other thing that's really strong and unique to this one especially is um, because he has both Iron Man and um, Michael Keaton as the Vulture, kind of as these almost as these two father figures, uh-huh. and like they are completely opposed to one another. Like uh-huh. the Vulture blames Iron Man for what uh-huh. happened to him and what led him to this path, but yet they're very similar people. They just have a different socioeconomic status, yes. and that's their primary like antagonist. Yes. Like that's their primary like they're foils for each other. Uh-huh. And then Peter, being from Queens and being a kid who's more the working class type. Like he is sympathetic to that. He gets it yeah. because that's his life. Uh-huh. But he knows that again, it's the ends justifying the means that like that's not how you get out of it. That's not how you yeah. make your provide for your family is not by stealing things and making right. and selling weapons. Yeah. Um, you know, which is cool. And then of course, immediately Michael Keaton is like, Well, that's how how do you think Tony Stark made all his money by yes. selling weapons yeah. around the world? Yeah. And like it really set it's really smart about setting that up, which is I really agree. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And it, uh, this is a conversation for after the podcast, but it does have some very interesting implications, I think, for the future of Marvel movies that I'm very excited about and I'm interested to hear other people's thoughts on oh, just yeah. as far as uh, where Spider-Man can go uh, in this universe, especially now that they uh, technically in this movie confirm that there are basically two Spider-Men in this universe already. Yeah. 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 We'll talk. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I loved it. I, 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 mean, I loved there's, it. There's not much I can say about that you guys didn't cover. It. It, was, it was very, very good. Um, I didn't want a superhero movie to be this fucking high on my list at yeah. all. And I just had such a good time. There was no, there was like no question as soon as I started making the list. I was like, that is going to be high on the list. It just, I had such a good fucking time. Yeah. I loved it. I think a little bit of the positive response to it on a big scale is that there's this view that Spider-Man has been tainted somehow. Right. Yeah. But I think overall, we've actually mostly had good Spider-Man to some extent. Mm-hmm. And so I don't feel any of that joy towards it. So it's a little bit of just, oh, it's more Spider-Man for me. Yeah. But it did feel fresh for that. And it's a Spider-Man that I like and is still Spider-Man. It, so I'm in. I've really thought about it. It's quite literally either my second or third favorite Marvel movie. Nice. Like really thinking wow. about it. And so that's really why I had to... like. That's I, how I felt about Guardians too. Yeah. It did, it's not on my list. Yeah. That I, and I liked Guardians too. I thought that was a, a, an improvement on some of the stuff they've been doing recently. But that had... I didn't give a fuck about the finale. It just, like mm. it it still like kind of fell flat for me by the end. Not flat, but you know what I mean. It just well, it's I will disagree with that cuz Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 oh, is my please, number 3. Please. Holy um, shit. So Perfect. Let's do it. This yeah. is great. Get um, into it. And so I I mean I, I love the first Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. movie like and for me it's kind of interesting because again like growing up reading comics like I can still there's a handful of Guardians of the Galaxy comics I've ever read. So yeah. to me, like these movie characters like are the versions I know best. Yep. Same for um, me. I don't which, know these characters on the page. Yeah. And so for me, that kind of separates it out even somewhat from a lot of the other movies yeah. where I've I've read hundreds of Spider-Man you comics. You don't have preconceived notions about like who these characters have to be or exactly. anything. Yeah. Um and again, like I thought the thematics of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 were great. Like the action were like the quantum asteroid field, which yeah. is almost like a throwaway thing. Yeah, that's awesome. It, and it's basically there to be like a, a uh, Empire Strikes Back reference yep. um, that they're escaping in an asteroid field in the second movie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it, but it's such a cool idea, and I'm like, oh, they just like threw that away. Yeah. Like, that's a, like another movie would use that as its like big third act set piece. Yeah, and they're like, oh yeah, quantum asteroids. We got they like just pop in and out of existence, and we got to get around them. Yeah. And meanwhile, it's you know, it's uh, Peter Quill and Rocket Raccoon kind of like you know in a dick measuring contest yeah. to control the spaceship while they're yeah. going through it. So it's layering that character drama yep. over the action in a way that just like makes both of them more exciting. Yes, 
Um, and then again, the whole thing with his dad and Kurt Russell mm-hmm. being the villain, and, and he's the king. <laughs> yeah. Fucking love him. Yeah. yeah, and Kurt Russell's amazing. All he's the great. performances are great. And what got it so high on my list is because of Yondu. Oh yeah. Because Yandu was a character that like I sort of liked a little bit in the first one, but uh-huh. I also found him kind of annoying. Uh-huh. And then I, going into this movie, I was like, "Oh, we're gonna get more Yandu, aren't we?" And I was like, oh, "I don't know if I like. Yeah. I don't know if I really want more Yandu." And yeah. then I was, and now I'm like, "I can't." Be- Spoiler: I can't believe that he's gone, right. and we're not going to get any more Yandu. <laughs> I know. So, but the thing is, though, presumably we might in a world well, with yeah. quantum asteroids. Why well, not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at, why can't he just pop back in? Because well, yeah. then it doesn't have any weight. <laughs> but so, but still, the point I'm making is right. that Guardians of the Galaxy for me. Agent Coulson has his own TV show. Chaos oh, well, yeah, in the stasis of the MCU. Yes. If you can't yeah. break free from it, just pop Guardians in, and that's kind of going to be the thing that bridges us to that's true. the big cosmic world. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, but having it like Peter Quill wanting to meet his dad so badly and not realizing that his dad was really there in his life the whole time. Yeah, like that just really resonated with me in that end. Like that sacrifice stuff. It's so cliche and it's so a function of genre, but it, it works because it's been established and it's set up to get us to that point. Yeah. Um. You know. On top of that, the comedy is great. Yeah. Um, you know, all of these characters again are characters I want to spend more and more time with. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought they, I was gonna resist Little Groot so hard. Oh, me too. I was like, I do not want that. You can't resist. Little I Groot. loved him. He was you so were, fucking oh, cute. Him. Oh, yeah. just wanted to pet He's him. Great. And then in the post credits, <laughs> we get Teen Groot. Yeah, that was like, amazing. You're right. And so it's, in one of the how many post credit scenes were there? Five. Thirty-two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Give or take. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there were like so many nuggets in the yeah. end credits too. Like mm-hmm. you know, yeah, um, Game Master was there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ragnarok's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but like, I just, it's not like, I wasn't excited about it because I was like, oh, we'll get more of the same and I really love the first one. It'll be super fun. And then this one just like, it upped the character stakes versus yeah. necessarily going larger scale. Yeah. Because uh, it actually pulled back the number of characters. Mm-hmm. It introduced things very, I think very precisely. Like we get like one new kind of, you know, sp- a- alien power that mm-hmm. we get introduced to mm-hmm. that kind of flows throughout the movie. And the rest is just this like, you know, there's a bunch of scenes where it's just people hanging out in a really crazy, fantastic backdrop and talking about their feelings. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it just it uses all those characters very well in a way that, again, contributes to the overall story and the theme of it. Yeah. And it's just it's so tightly constructed. And I think that James Gunn is the is the director who is most preserved yes. his voice within the construct yep. of this Marvel universe. Totally agree with that. He's the only one that even seems to have a visual stamp of his own that's on the movies. Yeah. They also managed to make a better soundtrack for this movie than I think the first one. What oh, I like interesting! Is that they, they kind of fire. branded the idea of using soft <laughs> folk inspired exactly. dad rock, and then they found a song that perfectly fits the theme of this movie. Yep. The uh, the Brandy song. Yep. Yep. But also being like one of the best examples of that type of song. Yeah. And then they yeah. got Kurt Russell to talk sing yeah. that song, yeah. and I want that album. I want that album. <laughs> yeah. I want Kurt Russell speaks. 70s soft rock. I just think Have you been amazing. reading my diary? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, you've been to his gay island. <laughs> <laughs> There's copies strewn about it. I want drama. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, they managed to turn a trope that they created whereby using like popular music that now everybody uses in all of their trailers and all of their films. And they managed to do something different with it, which I was so like happy and proud of them for. So mm-hmm. th- it's still cool that they're doing that because it's different. And I think the music meant more to the story of, of this one. It wasn't just like extraneous yeah. Yeah. songs being played. Right. Yeah. So. And, and in the first one, I mean, to that point, in the first one, 
Peter Quill loves that music. It's really important to him and who he is as a person. And it all stems from that point. But in this, everyone wants that music on. Yeah. Like, you know, they're Rocket's putting it on at the beginning. He's yeah. using it to lure um yes. the uh, the Ravagers too. into yeah. and he's like humming along with yeah, it. And yeah. like all, the music has come to mean something because they're a family and yeah. it represents their relationship. Uh-huh. I love that. It's, yeah. It's so it's so smart. Yeah. They even use the bass line from a what's the Fleetwood Mac song? The chain. It's the big action yeah. beat yes. to the baseline. And that is not an action song. No. I think about that shot all the time when he forms up with the boom, 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 boom. That's great shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. That was a tough cut, but I was like, that I got to give it to Warner Logan. And yeah. you know what? The, the ultimate legacy of Guardians for me is that now when I see that Dave Bautista is in a movie, yeah. I'm like, oh, Ooh, yes. Yeah. Like, I'm going to go see this. Uh-huh. He, that, to that me, he was MVP on that movie. He was oh, so good. He was, he was so good. Yeah. He shouldn't get it as hard as he gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it yeah. just doesn't make sense. Yep. He's, yeah. I, I enjoyed him in that. We can argue later about the merits of uh, Volume 2. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sucker for dad shit. Oh, I, so dad stories, and that just... I'll tell you that that is that is specifically why it was kind of a failure for me, is that I am a sucker for dad shit, and the dad shit did nothing for but me But they played catch. I, yeah, I, I know. I <laughs> and, get it. And, and what's great about what's great about that moment though is that <laughs> like so it's good. played for a joke. Yeah. Like oh, they're playing catch, and you're supposed to laugh, and they're like oh, they're playing catch. Yeah. <laughs> like it it's works on both. And, do, and, but, but it's so good. And it works on yeah. both levels of like yeah, that it like it's funny because oh, haha, they're playing space catch on this crazy alien planet, and you're like laughing because like oh, it's that simple thing. But it also like you're like oh, that is what he wants. Yeah. And like that is that's what I want. Like yeah. it's all of that kind of it, it manages both to have both of those effects yeah. in the same moment which is like really hard to pull off. Yeah. I love that the gag is that like they're they're just playing magic catch. Yeah. Magic yeah. Space catch. Yeah. I the Yondu stuff really worked for me actually like yeah. ju- like you were saying and that like th- thankfully actually that did really kind of like by the end of the movie like pull me through. I was like oh this is like really working. But I like literally spent the whole movie with the Kurt Russell stuff being like, I've never been more excited to see a movie because I love Kurt Russell. I love dad stories and I don't give a fuck about this dad story. I don't know why. It just like did not connect with me at all. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I, I, if, did you see it more than once? Only once. Yeah. I think if you see it again, yeah. the Yondu st- you'll latch onto the Yondu stuff in the beginning more yeah. and it'll, it'll get you there because yeah. I think that happened to me like seeing yeah. it a second time. I was like, oh, Kurt, the Kurt Russell dad story isn't the dad story I'm supposed right. to care about. Yeah. Yeah. So it might work better. It might work better a second time. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Yeah. You, you might be right, actually. That they went the Yondu angle surprised me. Yeah. He was too. a character that in the first one, I was like, oh, I like Michael Rooker. And he was just kind of a goofy villain. Yeah. yeah. So I, when they started characterizing him, I, I almost resisted it. Like, what is this? But it worked. Yeah. All the way. Yeah. I'm mad. Right. I'm put the, <laughs> the movie. Are we on number... Uh, yeah, Dan's number, number three. three. Number Dan? three. There is no reason that the sequel to a masterpiece of a movie should be as close to being a masterpiece, but T2 Train Spotting ah. is incredible. And I had a high, high, high bar for that. Yeah, you were really pumped I about knew that, that could have been intolerably just like, oh, they're trying to make 90s European movie, but they age that style. Uh, they comment on the idea of you know the passage of time, and somehow they got... Everybody, everybody on every level of production is back. Oh, interesting. Same screenwriter, yeah. same director, but they've all aged. So it does that thing that we always talk about, like mature David Fincher yep. in Gone yep. Girl versus present David Fincher in Fight Club. Yeah. This is like, wow, this is a, you know, this is a mature Danny Boyle, but he's still catering to that nightclub style that yeah. he kind of pioneered. And at the same time, it's all your favorites are back because <laughs> every character you have a love for, and they're they are 
pieces of shit <laughs> and they do it again where you love them and they are still pieces of shit <laughs> but it goes meta too because in it one of the characters decides in order to stay sober i'm going to start writing our stories down and i'm going to write it in my very own language and it's you know he's writing train spotting in it so then it's a commentary on just the meta culture of why are we even revisiting t- you know train spotting yeah. this has got to be a novelty grab but it it turns out not to be at all it's very good. And Ewan McGregor has grown into like a he's fantastic a great actor. actor. That dude's got to make an Obi-Wan movie. He's always movie. been great. He's always been he's great. Always but been like, great. He's, he's one of the greats. Yeah. I mean, like every time I see him, I'm like, he's yeah. fucking good. Trainspotting is uh, definitely on my list of shame. So when I uh, visit that, I will eventually get to T2. I would be willing to bet that you will watch Trainspotting go... I get why that's good, but whatever. And then after seeing two, like the first one more. Uh, that's I, how I good totally the second one is. It's totally so good. And it's very, very funny. Very, very funny. I don't have the uh, same kind of love everybody does for train spotting, so I wasn't crazy interested, but I like Danny Boyle a lot. So yeah. I feel like I'm yeah. probably going to try and catch it. It's that. worth watching, yeah. even just for that. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch Steve Jobs again. Yeah, I love that so movie. Underrated. It's it so I underrated. loved that movie. I, so did I. And I was like, I, it, it's one of those where I've read other people's reviews and I'm like, I don't understand why you weren't watching the same movie I was watching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But that's, yeah. yeah. It was a good movie. I liked yeah. that. Uh, my number three, uh, Get Out, which I think we've talked plenty about. Yeah. Uh, we Get did a whole episode on it if people want to listen to Get it. Get Out. Really? I you d- like that? I d- <laughs> you know what? I did. Get out of here. Get, Get out. Get out of Get town. the fuck out. <laughs> Uh, I just I loved this movie. It it, it is exceptional, and uh, I when when I saw it, I was like, "There's no way there will be a better movie this year." Turns out there've been plenty. Uh, so, like this has been a, a very good year for movies, but it is man, did that movie stick with me? Like in a way that not much has this year. I, it really stuck with me. I still think about that movie a lot. I still ah, oh, there's so many things so, that just like. So what's that? What's that scene or moment that gets you? Uh, honestly, it's like it's a pretty deep spoiler, but uh, it, like it's been out for a while. It's on all right. everywhere. I I mean the the there's two I think the the um what is it called now the the when he goes into the the world the uh, what do they call it oh the sunken place yeah the sunken place. yeah. yeah. I the further yeah <laughs> it's not just the look of that which is like very impressive and interesting and stuff. That whole concept is so interesting to me and is such a, a I don't know, like the, the, the way the movie brings you into the experience of being an other is really kind of amazing uh, and, and just like it was such an exceptional experience. But I think like in particular that sunken place where you just are in a situation where you know you should speak up and do something and be active but you also know that you're not allowed to be, you're just not allowed to do that under the current circumstances is such a, uh, that the way that is depicted and captured makes me feel how just fucking awful that has to feel. And it feels like the commentary there is just like, welcome to being black in America. That's how I feel in all public spaces at all times. Yeah, you feel yeah. like you're in a scary movie at all times? Yeah. like that, That's taxing. So that, I don't know, that, like, no, I keep all, yeah. thinking about that. And the other thing is the, because um, I just, this is like a mind-blowing detail to me that somebody had to point out like a week after I saw the movie, I'd been talking it to death. He literally has to pick Take, cotton oh, yeah. to get yep, himself yeah. free. Yep. That's an insane level of like metaphor and detail that I just is like, oh, I love that movie. It is so yeah. good. Yeah, I'm, for me, it's like that moment where we uh, realize the allegiance of a certain character. Uh-huh. As That's the, the movie moment. plays with that, uh-huh. and like 
in my in my heart of hearts, I knew what the answer was, but I didn't want it to be the answer. Yeah. And then when the movie confirms that that's the answer, you're like, oh man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then later when we see that character uh, shopping, yes. let's say, yes. um, and you're like, that is fucked yeah. up. Yeah. And like, it's a side of that character that you don't get to see previously in the movie that reveals, like, it, it says so much about the um kind of the way that they've been brought up in their life it's also like one of those movies where when you get the information from the end your brain literally just starts like playing a flip book back of the oh, whole yes. movie oh, yeah. and well, you're just recontextualizing everything yes. it, oh i love that so yeah. that's how a twist works <laughs> yes exactly that's what that is yes. that's why the ending of split is not a twist it's not a that's twist right. it's a it's reveal, reveal. yeah <laughs> it's a get- and you know what split did not make my list i do it but that ooh. is the most memorable movie going experience yeah. i've had in a very very long time because of that reveal yep. yeah it was like it, yeah, that just yeah. happened. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I was like, everything, yeah. nothing made. Oh! As soon as the music started, I literally had so much trouble not like getting out of my chair and turning around and being like, "Are you watching <laughs> this movie?" <laughs> oh, it's so crazy! Yeah, I, I that was a hard cut for me. Actually, uh, it was that split. was a hard cut. Yeah. I mean, you can tell this is a Philly based podcast because we've managed to talk about both about Creed yeah, and yeah. M Night Shyamalan. True. Um, uh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, we don't need to talk anymore about Get Out. But I yeah. just, man, is that movie good? It is so good. It's it, really it, good. It's that will it will be this year will have been amazing if we do the top ten at the end of the year and we're not talking about that movie yeah. at least on somebody's oh, yeah. list. Yeah, that will mean this year it's was this like year's incredible. You know, yeah. yeah. This has been a great year for movies. It has been. This is a hard list to put together. Yeah, it, it really was. I've seen about. 40, 50, somewhere in the 40 to 50 Twice as many as me. And it, it was hard for, like, I was at a 20, and I was yeah. like, all right, I got to cut down. And it was it was, it was some, some painful cuts. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so my number two. Number two. Um, this is a movie that is, again, technically a 2016 movie, but even the, like, preview screening I saw was in January this mm-hmm. year, so I'm counting it. Um, Martin Scorsese's Silence. Oh, I, I thought about putting that on so hard. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, it's a solid. It's a I'm five. Dying it's a five to see star it. masterpiece. <sighs> like it is. It's it's one of those movies. Like I almost don't want to watch it again because I don't know that sitting at home I'll ever get mm. in that same rapt attention headspace mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. it's it's not a slow paced movie, right? But it's a it's the right pace for the movie. I don't mm-hmm. know. If, I don't know if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Like you're not. It's not. It's like, really long, and it, you you definitely never feel it once. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. Yeah, and you you're and you're in that place with those people at that time, going through what they experience. Like I don't remember if the movie has any sort of voiceover or like interior monologue, because. I don't remember if it does or not because it doesn't need it. Yeah. Because like it's all it, like if you're hearing it, you're also seeing it. Mm-hmm. And if you're seeing it, you're also hearing it, whether or not it's actually being spoken in the movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I love movies that take a really kind of nuanced and really thoughtful approach to faith and religion because mm-hmm. it's so easy to go from one extreme to the other. It's so easy to make a um, oh, what the hell is it? a Jesus movie with um, oh, um, Passion Kirk Cameron. Oh, yeah. Uh, left, left behind. behind. Yeah. Or uh, Fireproof. Yeah. Fireproof. Yeah. yeah. It's so easy to make one of those movies and it's so easy to make a movie at the other extreme of just like, oh, yeah, religion is the thing that's horrible and dividing people and right. stuff like those. But movies like Silence and like Life of Brian, the mm-hmm. kind of play with like what does religion do to people how does how is it valuable how is it hurtful what does mm-hmm. it do and this movie even goes further into how does it play into colonialism how does it play into society and i think it's the kind of movie that scorsese is 
asking questions for which there are no answers right. or there are no certain answers. And, you know, it's kind of the movie you're going to bring to it what you want to see, especially with there's kind of a thing at the end that, like, is a little bit controversial in terms of, oh, was this, how was this character really feeling the last, like, 30 minutes of yeah, the movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, I, there's a lot to unpack there. But just yeah. the, the experience and the, just the way that it's shot is gorgeous. It's all on location, mm-hmm. not in Japan. I think they filmed it in, like, Thailand or, um, yeah, I think it was in Thailand. But, it was, um, the, it was in the Lower East Side of New York. <laughs> Scorsese, you just can't yeah, just, yeah. You just take the man it. out of the city. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's just it's just phenomenal. Yeah. Absolutely phenomenal. I can't wait to see that. I've been dying to. It's if there's anyone out there that is not sold on Adam Garfield. <laughs> for real. Yeah. Like, isn't it, wait, yeah. isn't his name Andrew Garfield? Andrew Garfield. Adam Garfield's a singer. Good. Well, no, but and, uh, and Adam, Adam Driver, Driver is the other character. The other... I literally was imagining oh, yeah. a, a fucking well, like. I was going to go there too. And if you're not sold on Adam Driver, yeah. like, they are both in- phenomenal. Yeah. Silence is my gay island. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's lush. You need to get a handle on things on that island. A lot of people are hurting each other. Yeah. Dudes with their heads in the sand. Yeah, it's it's painful. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll get under control. My <laughs> island is painful. That was a couple hundred years ago. It's come a long the way. The Lord works in mysterious ways, <laughs> and this is your island. Yeah. So yeah. It could be. yeah, the silence is that was one of the hardest things to sit down for, and then I'm glad that I did because it was. Yeah, I think you wrote so a piece easily for Philadelphia <laughs> about your trepidation. You've done that twice this year. Yes, once for silence, know, and I one found for, that it gets uh, me to do it. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to do it when I start well, writing about it. I'm like, well, now I have to go to earn this piece that I'm writing. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. and uh, the other one was <laughs> the, la- the last night, and and both not on my list. Re- uh, it, it barely missed mine. But hard okay. cut, I assume. <laughs> uh, but I did the, love uh, it. I didn't like it. the whole time i was like this movie's fucking crazy when i left i was like that was stupid (laughs) shit but both of the time you like texted me you're like i'm writing this piece should i go see actually see this movie and both times i was like solid yes for (laughs) completely different reasons yeah yeah (laughs) um but yeah i rather than talking about transformers at length i will just echo that like the performance everything about silence is just amazing and perfect (sighs) dying to see it is good yeah number two number two Oh, well, we're gonna. I know we're gonna get to this later, but Baby Driver is my number two. That's your number two. Yeah, that's my number two. I know that it's. I know it's gonna be number it's, ones across the. Board. I was like getting more and more nervous as it was coming. I was like, "Is this? Do we have the same movie ranked at the same spot?" I mean, I'd be fine with that, but yeah, yeah we'll yeah. we'll get there, right? Well, yeah, we will. <laughs> oh, we will. We will. Well, my number two is Baby Driver, and I'll just like that is a movie movie. Yeah, through and through. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Great soundtrack. That's what we mean when we say top it. to yep. bottom, pure entertainment, but worth studying. Yep. We'll get to it. Yeah. Yep. That sounds good. Yeah, we'll yeah. we'll talk when we hit that spot. Sounds good. Uh dude, yes. That when we talk about movie movies, that's what we mean. Uh here, we'll get there quick because my number two is Okja. Oh, uh, oh that's my number one. Holy oh. shit. Well, let's just talk Okja and All then we'll right. talk Baby Driver. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I man, did I have such a great experience with Okja. I, I am so glad we got to see it on the big screen. I the you know what? This is what I'll talk about since we've talked about some other details. I'm sure you have other things you want to say about it. I was so impressed with the effect of Okja. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it because she's very cartoony. She definitely looks like she's an animated creature in this movie. But the way she interacts with the world is so real. It, like the, when she gets into water, it doesn't look like digital water. Like digital water has a distinct look to it. It does not look like digital water is moving around her. It looks like something got in the water and moved it. When people pet her, it looks like their hands are connecting with her cartoon body. It's 
she like late um um what's the uh, is it uh, Misa what's the main character's name? Um, Why can't I remember trying, it? Yeah, mm. it, be, it doesn't begin with an M. Yeah, it's like Mika, Misa, something like yeah, that. I yeah, I can't remember. But so when she like she literally lays on Okja's belly at one point while mm-hmm. Okja's like breathing, and you watch her like move up and down on Okja's belly, and it looks Misha, Misha, yes, yeah. and it looks as good as um uh what's his name in Jurassic Park on that yeah, Triceratops, yes. which yes. was yes. An, which was like and that was a real thing they built thing that they yes. built, yeah. yeah. It, it is so impressive, I think, on a technical level in a way that is kind of like sly. Like, I don't think people will necessarily walk away from it thinking that about it. But I was so impressed by that. Yeah. Um, go ahead. You can launch into some more. Well, first off, I'll just say this. I don't like corgis as much as everyone seems to. Uh-huh. And it's because they're Fuck the one animal <laughs> that, do- no, that, that doesn't feel like an animal to me. Oh, okay. Because to me, an animal has to still be a little bit of an animal. Yeah. They're too fucking cute. Yeah. They're, they're, it looks like somebody there doodled it with There is nothing wrong with that. And the, well, and the thing is, I love them too because yeah. they're dogs. Yeah. But I like a dog, not one that wants to like kill somebody, but one that like you have to remember is still a beast of some sort. Yeah. What what I like, you know, what what we like about them is that they're they're foreign to us on that level. Yeah. And they captured that with a kind of ugly but completely adorable creature that yeah. is Okja. And so for so many animal characters and movies to be corgis to me, yeah. she was not. Yeah, yeah. That's like I don't think I've felt that way since the first time I saw the Yoda puppet. Oh yeah, yeah. And that's that's really that hard sense. to do, you know. Like yeah. I I wanted to I wanted to meet her. Yeah. And I I really wanted to meet her. I wanted to play with her. I wanted to roll around with uh-huh. her. I wanted to laugh as she ate leaves and and, <laughs> and did poop. Farted fish. Yeah. Is that what happens in that movie? No. Uh, yeah. She she poops like perfectly around yeah. Yeah. balls yeah. that are used as weapons more than once uh-huh. in the movie. But sounds that's amazing. Also, yeah. It's part of her design too yeah. because she's designed to be a low impact. You know, very world conscious character on that, yeah. uh, you know, kind of creature on that mm-hmm. level. Of course, it would have, you know, cow manure is supposed, supposed to be horrible. I don't right. know. I don't yeah. get it. But it's, yeah. you know, but I, I hear the science is good. <laughs> so, but that's, that's part of it. They, they really thought out every aspect of this movie. It comes yeah. down to the characters. Everyone's properly motivated. Uh-huh. There's no yep. villain that is outright a villain. Right. Even the villain, you're like, I know how you got there, and yep. you kind of have noble intentions. Mm-hmm. The evil you do is kind of an evil that we're all implicit we're in in real life in, that yeah. is not necessarily evil for that matter. Right. And so th- they just capture it all in a movie that that everybody just gets a full story. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and two, though, we were talking after the movie that, like, it has this really cool, nuanced view of, uh, like, eating meat, basically. Yeah. Which is mm-hmm. like, look, there's a bunch of hungry people out there in the world. Mm-hmm. Meat can feed people. But if you, like, but human beings do not want to eat, arti- like, things that they think are, quote, unquote, artificial. So, like, mm-hmm. you know, GMOs, like, meat that was grown in a lot. Like, we can pretty much grow meat now, but mm-hmm. people don't want to eat it because they want to know that it came from an animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then, if you design an animal specifically to have really tasty meat, as in the case of Akja, um, you then have to treat that animal as if it were any other animal. Mm-hmm. So, like, that animal then for there has animal rights. Mm-hmm. And, like, it kind of takes that all the way through and saying, like, look, they're not evil for creating right. Akja. They're not evil for wanting to eat Okja, right? But like, you have to go through like, what what do you value yes. more? What are these sort of moral and ethical implications of this? Because it is a living creature, whether you like it or not. That yeah, you have created, and it's all thought through. And none of that, none of that, like, message is delivered in exposition. Nope. It's baked into the story of the movie, mm-hmm. and it takes you from 
all the way at the very beginning where they have that like the announcement of the yeah. super pig in the contest uh-huh. and like Tilda Swinton is like being the most energetic that I've ever seen her be yep. Yep. and is still nowhere near the level of Jake Gyllenhaal's energy throughout uh, the rest of the movie. Oh my god, he I can't wait. Runs to... away with that movie. <laughs> oh my god, but I like can't wait from like from the beginning all the way through the end, it builds that argument in a way that is very yes. careful and logical, but yes. but baked into the story, and that yeah. is extremely impressive. And I don't even think it necessarily like brings the hammer down on one side of that argument or not. It is simply sort of laying that issue out from beginning to end, all of the different facets of it, and kind of letting you just walk away from the movie and just kind of consider how you feel now that you've seen all of the details of this played out before you. Right, because it's like, all right, so, you know, it's that classic, like, you know, very academic logic argument of like, oh, we're going to show you that here's A, and then here's B, and then here's C, and if A, then B, then C, then D, and you have to decide how you feel about that. Yes. But it's it's very carefully layering that in Mm -hmm. so that by the time you're like, have that thought, you're like, oh, I understand it because I've seen it. Yeah. I think it shows in Paul Dano's character. Yeah. When he first shows up, I'm immediately skeptical. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, this guy seems to be good, but he's going to go bad. And then there's something that he does that is bad, Mm -hmm. that is legitimately bad. Mm -hmm. But you see how he got there. You see Mm -hmm. what he did. And every character kind of has that. Yep. Um, You know, he shows that dark side that would turn any character to the villain for the rest of the Mm -hmm. movie. And he's not. Right. You know, he goes through an arc with that. Mm-hmm. Um, even with uh, his little buddy who disappeared from the movie and came back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They had a great <laughs> thing together, but yeah. he also didn't feel like a sidelined character. Yep. Um, it, in that respect, it's the thing that I love about Die Hard. Yeah. Even the little characters all have their own little arcs. Yeah. yeah. And the fact that it was a movie that, as I said before, I just would have resisted to press mm-hmm. play and just ended up having to watch it without pause. That's like... The fact that it won me over gets huge points. Yeah, yeah. And it, we're you know we're talking about it somewhat intellectually right now, but we're like kind of not even bring up how much of a joy this movie is. I mean, it's it so is fun, fun yeah. and funny. One of my favorite things about this director is the way he will wildly vacillate between different tones, sometimes within the same scene, mm-hmm. and a lot of movies will fall apart like under the weight of that. It always works in his movies. Like yeah. he really there, there's specifically a scene, um I, like I won't spoil it the yeah. details, but with Jake Gyllenhaal's character, it's a over he's an over the top kind of like animal TV host yeah. kind of thing. And there's a scene where he's interacting with Oksha later in the movie and he's so over the top and you're laughing and then like that, the scene horror. turns and it gets it's a horror scene. And yeah. you're like uh, it's you you feel it and it doesn't feel like that tonal whiplash right. because that character is manic and that's how manic people act and yeah. it gets it gets to all those points and the the way that he can work with the director can work with tone is just it's amazing it it's mind blowing yeah I've never I've never I can't seen believe the movies don't crumble under it it's yeah. crazy and even later from that he goes back to being funny again yeah, yeah. that oh, seems yeah. so horrifying yes. that that you could reasonably like not like him for the rest yeah. of the movie but when he goes to be funny again. It's hilarious. He's hilarious. It's yeah, hilarious. absolutely. It's, it's wild. Jake Gyllenhaal's performance in this movie is so. I mean, it is legitimately one of my favorite. Performances. He reminded me of Kevin Klein. Yeah, you were saying Kevin that. Klein plays Looney Tunes villains. Yeah, yeah, and he can do it in any movie, and it works. Yeah, I don't know how he does it. it but it, Gyllenhaal did it. It's so over the top, and I love. It's one of my favorite performances in the movie this year. But it is so over the top in a way that literally any other movie, I think it would break the movie. I think people would come out of it. It's all they'd be able to talk about. They yep. wouldn't even remember what the movie was about. But it's because this guy, his, he's so good at balancing these different tones and bringing you into these different characters' worlds 
and then addressing the fact that that's actually all the same world yep. and connecting them all together that like it never feels like it's breaking this movie even for a second. And, mm-hmm. and within John you can within John Hall's character you can see how he got to that point yep. and which aspects of him are persona and which aspects of him are not. Yep. And then it kind of plays with that back and forth yes, over the course of the movie. And yeah. it's it's just incredible. Like the first scene that we see him in, he's been climbing up this mountain <laughs> and he's complained that all the other super pigs they visited were like near the highway. And this was like a 20 mile hike up a mountain. And he's like, so covered in sweat and he's breathing what I heavily. Love is everybody's covered in yeah. sweat. Right. It's like a comical amount of sweat yes. where it's like you would be dead, but, but it doesn't he, feel out of place. But he's the only one that's complaining about yeah. it. But then as soon as he sees the camera goes on, he immediately switches back yes. into his like TV persona. Personality. And, right. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it totally makes sense because like that person does exist and this is just tweaked to the like the highest extreme yes. of that in a yeah. way. And it's it's so fun to watch. What oh. I love too is even in that same scene when he sees Okja. He's part like he's inspired to action. Like cameras on, gotta act quick. But he's also like, holy shit, this is the perfect yeah, uh, yeah. What are the super pig? Yeah, and he has like a very real moment that yep. you know is perverted now, but was rooted in initial. Like he was once a yes. guy who really cared about animals. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Yeah, he and he has like one of the greatest costumes in maybe movie <laughs> history ever. Uh, I read a great quote. For, I was reading this interview with him that has some of the funniest quotes about that movie and that character. <laughs> they were asking him, like, what was appealing about this character? And I swear to God, one of his answers was, you know, they just, the costume that they gave me, I have just always wanted that costume. There's so much. That John costume Hall is like by. short shorts yeah. and like a striped jacket. Like, yep. it is so crazy. He was and, like the Guy Fieri version of the Crocodile yeah. Hunter. Yeah. And, and he literally, his quote about it was like, I've always wanted to wear something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so great. And John, I mean, John Hall is one of the, like, he's almost underrated because he's yeah. just that good. And yeah. every time I see him in a movie, he's doing something different mm-hmm. and interesting. And even though, like, you can see him drawing on those same acting skills skills mm-hmm. he's implementing them in different ways that are specific to the character that he's playing yeah yeah Very he's cool. he's great i i loved okja i just had such a good fucking time with yeah. Him. yeah it's evidence of the same thing once again that we always talk about uh i'm gonna screw up the director's name is bong joon ho yeah but I think that's i've right, seen right? it written in different right. orders well that's the thing yeah. with korean names i know they're is, flip-flopped in certain yeah ways. sometimes they so like i think in korean the surname comes first mm. but because yes. we're americans we refer to him as we would in America by his mm. first and then his surname, yeah. but in Korea it would be the other yeah. way. So yeah. uh, Wikipedia does it the Korean way. So yes. That's the way I did it when so I wrote Jun it. So Jun Bong Ho? Uh, no, Bong Jun Ho. Bong so Jun Ho, yeah, is right. Yep. So his surname is Bong and his first name is Jun Ho. Right, so yeah, yeah. That's Because every time I like write about an Asian director, I like, always like have to read a few articles to yeah. see how yeah. they <laughs> do it so I could like, follow along. See what they agreed upon right. spelling is. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the spelling and the order. Of, yeah, like The yeah. first reference, whole name, easy. Second reference, all right, which one? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, but yeah, he's a great director. He's well, fantastic. He's, he became more refined because if you look yeah. at like a Barking Dog's Never Bite all the way up through Snowpiercer, he gets a little bit cleaner each time, and I think this was his cleanest. I agree. But it was still that it's a circus. You know, yeah. There's, there's yeah. still a circus mentality to it. Oh, yeah. I loved the chase scene on the highway. That was the yeah, last thing so I wanted good. to say. It's great. Yeah. It's and th- just great. And this movie is dark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... It, there are scenes in this movie that I was like, I cannot believe, like, even in this movie, as crazy as it is and as, like, unrelenting as it is, it goes to that place because it's pushing to make you uncomfortable. Yep. And again, not in that way of, like, oh, meat is murder. Like, not, you know, no. it's not the yeah. Morrissey thing. It's really just the, like... <laughs> <laughs> Morrissey must be like, I love Morrissey, but 
He must be a joy to hang out with. <laughs> oh, <I> <laughs> <laughs> so, Let me tell you. Sidebar, uh, saw him at a music festival a couple years ago, uh-huh. and he was playing before Paul McCartney uh-huh. on the same stage. So there's a lot of... And it's funny because they're both vegetarians, yeah. but... Um, so it's like pure joy and well, then pure sadness. Well, there's a lot of people that showed up to see to get a good spot for Paul McCartney, who were clearly not Morrissey fans, <laughs> and like he was playing like vi- you know videos along with Meet His Murder that were just like slaughterhouse videos, and like people were booing oh and like didn't know, they didn't know what to do because they didn't want to lose their yeah, spot. Yeah. Yeah. So they were like, it was brilliant because they were like forced <laughs> to like sit through this in a way that they would have just walked away and gotten some chicken tenders like five <laughs> minutes ago. Yeah, it was amazing. But but great. again, like it, 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 Okja, it, it is showing you a way in a way that's realistic, but allowing you to make up your own mind. It's mm-hmm. not preaching it. No. It's just saying this is something that you, as a human being on this planet in our civilization, needs to think about and yeah. decide how you feel about it morally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is so cool. Yeah, I really like that about it. Also, I'm just from now on, Jake Gyllenhaal is known to me as Oak Jake Gyllenhaal because <laughs> I'll never forget him in this. It was amazing. It's. In in terms of of uh, what you just said about Oakjas, like I, I love that about movies, and that's another thing I think is a thematic thread, is that anytime any sort of message comes up in a movie, it can be real finger pointy or it can't be. I feel like there's a, been a big trend towards kind of a a digestible even handedness. Yeah, yeah, and but I not even handed of like both sides are right. Yeah, but like, even not unfair, but right, just exactly. like in a way where it's like, oh man, I I I. I really need to hear this, and I'm not being yelled at. Yeah, yeah. I, I kind of I, I appreciate that. It's yeah. not it's not it's, always the best way, but yeah, it's not. It's you should trend. feel this way. It's you need to experience my point of view. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and it's funny because like get out the same way about That's, exactly right and thinking about all the movies on my list, like your name with the body swapping stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, get out, colossal, mm-hmm. even silence. Um, you know, even the lore a little bit, mm-hmm. like. It's all about creating empathy for people you don't know yeah. and don't know their life experience. And I know that, like in a way, all movies are kind of about that. But the ones on my list are very expressly about that this yeah. year so far. That's interesting. I love that about it. Yeah, yeah. So that's your number one, huh, Dan? That is my number one. Number one. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about our number one, yeah, Ryan. Absolutely. <laughs> Edgar Wright's Baby Driver. <laughs> absolutely. Which, oh I my. thought you guys were going to say Free Fire. What <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> I got it. Th- this movie is pure cinema. It's so fucking good. That's oh, what it it's is. So good. It is fuck th- your baby. a marriage. <laughs> it's Jake a marriage of. Best memes, oh, God. Scary, he's so good. Also hilarious at the same, oh, yeah. Like, in the same moment. This is one of my favorite performances he's ever given in a yeah, movie, I think. It's like, right up there with Electro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Electro has a theme song where literally in the song the lyrics are "Kill the Spider Man, Kill the Spider Man." Uh, I I hated that movie. I did, but too. in hindsight, when I think about the little things like that, I'm like, "The movie's crazy." Yeah. I kind of I kind of love it. That movie, I feel like it's it's a week long. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and because actually, I love the score for that movie because it's mm-hmm. it's Hans Zimmer and I think there's some Junkie XL in yeah. there, and that track is amazing. And on <laughs> headphones, it's really freaky <laughs> when you're like, especially if it comes up like randomly yeah. when you're not expecting it, and you're like, "Wait, who's?" Talking to me right now. Am I insane? But anyway, is that Jamie Foxx. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what? What? I, Jamie Foxx stuck underwater. Baby Driver is just like Baby Driver. To, to me, this is like it is just a marriage of sound, movement, and performance. It is it is what movies are, right? Color, yep. light, sound. It is just it's pure cinema. The storytelling is so refined, streamlined, and simple, and just to the point. It's a it's you know a pretty A to B story ultimately, but at, in getting to B, it turns out B is not necessarily what you think it is, yep. you know, which makes it an exciting movie and interesting to watch. 
Um, but there, you know, there's not any big thematic things I necessarily want to talk about with Baby Driver. You could. There's you know some things you could dig into about it and stuff. But it is just a joy to watch. Just it's art. It's art. It's cinema. It is just a, an artistic piece that you just, as soon as it starts, you are in. And you just go along for the ride. And I've never bopped my head along to a movie like I was at a concert before. I was literally tapping my foot, rocking my head, just having the best time. I, f- I saw it twice, and it was just as good. But, I mean, it is incredible. I love it. <laughs> yeah, Edgar Wright is so good at straddling that line between, like, people watch, you know, we would watch theater before there was cameras. Yeah. They film the, the theater, and then movies start to become a thing. And, like, we went from just filmed theater to using movies. Yeah. And so many, so often movies err on the side of just doing it all using movies without the theatrics yeah. and Edgar Wright finally hit the tightrope. He's been doing that his whole career yep. and I like a couple of his other movies better than this. Yeah. But in terms of of like him nailing like his thesis on what a movie should be structured like just right yeah. on the head. Yeah. I, and I opened my letterbox review with this is my least favorite Edgar Wright movie <laughs> <laughs> and it's my number one movie so far <laughs> of 2017 because yeah. I mean, I guess now after five movies, I can say he legitimately is one of my all-time favorite directors. Yeah, me too. And he's never made a bad movie. Nope. Uh, some of the thematic stuff, I just think, is not as present in Baby right. Driver. It's there. I'm looking forward to seeing it a second time because yeah. I think it'll come out more. Oh, it's there, yeah. Uh, but I still love that marriage of like Simon Pegg and Nick Frost mm-hmm. with Edgar Wright in terms of his filmmaking and mm-hmm. their like really strong writing work. I think mm-hmm. just it sings a little bit more. Yeah. And while, but this movie is more focused in terms of like it's really drilling down to. Like, how do I make a ballet? Yep. Because it's all choreographed. It's not an opera because it's not sung. It's nope. all choreographed to music mm-hmm. with cars, mm-hmm. with characters. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very clear. You always know what's happening, who's where, what's next. Yep. Um, you know, it kind of creates a little tiny world within the world. Um, but this movie could essentially take place in our reality, which yep. is always really fun. Like, it doesn't break reality. Right. It just bends it ever so slightly of like, oh, these people are really good at these particular things that they do. Yep. Um, you know, I also like that, you know, they filmed in Atlanta and they call it Atlanta, which yep. for some That's reason is just cool. like, it's it, t- great. it tickles me because yep. it's so often it, like, it's just been New York and, mm-hmm. you know, we've, I've been there enough to be like, that's not really New York. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it's so much from, fun from yeah it's so much fun to watch from like essentially the first needle drop all the way all the way through to the end which you know the end surprised me i did yeah. not think it was going to go where it went me too um which is always super nice to hear yep. and i really just you know it's got not necessarily the best car action i've ever seen no. but it has the best practical car action i've seen in a long long oh, yes. time mm. yeah and it's it's so satisfying it's so well done you can see the actors in the car sometimes, and I don't know if that's digital or if that's real, but it. it I rewatched I the opening sequence like fifteen times today. They just uh, put it online. Oh, nice! Up, yeah, they put it online to like advertise it in international markets. I watched it a bunch of times today, and it is very clear that pretty much any time you're in the interior of that car and you can see the actors' faces, that's because you're in the interior of that car yeah, while the they're actually driving that's awesome. with those actors. It's so great. Yeah, it, it's. It it is so impressive to me on like every level, but I I really think the thing that I I like the most about it is that I love Edgar Wright and I love his movies and I love his style. But we've talked about this is we already brought it up on the show once. This is something we talk about a lot is the maturation of style in directors. His style is very loud in yeah. general. Mm-hmm. He's kind of he wants you to see the whip pans and the quick zooms and that like he he likes that stuff and he's like fascinated by that stuff and I. Like I get joy out of watching those things. All those things are present in this movie, but none of them 
pop off the screen like they do in his older movies. It feels like he really refined. He's kind of dissolved all parody for yeah. With I mean I'll say my favorite movie of his is Hot Fuzz. Yeah, but a lot of the jokes are rooted in not necessarily literal parody, right? But in a self like a self aware way. Yeah, and whereas this is still equally funny, it is equally a comedy. Yep, it's not doing it at any sort of expense of the genre. Right, Right. and in that way, he's streamlined it to just be like it is big and bombastic, and that's what sets it apart from every other movie. But it's you know it's it's streamlined right. Yeah, because Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead are. They're parodies, but they're also deconstructions. Yes. And this is more of a pure, I'm going to make that kind of movie. I'm going to play around with it, but I'm not necessarily going to break it all down and right. then build it back up. I'm really just going to like take the tools out, right. put them in a way that's kind of different, add my own flavor to it, and just make a really solid version mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, it's just a pure kind genre. Of like Death you know? Proof. Yeah. Sorry, I always got to talk some love for Death Proof. I, but you're right, though. It's just it's a yeah. pure genre exercise yeah. that works so if well. If there weren't I think. certain modernities in it, I, you could pass it off as an older movie. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, I just I was so impressed by how his style is ever present, and it might actually be his most bombastic movie as far as how he combines everything. But it ultimately, to me, doesn't feel nearly as showy or as loud as his other movies. He like has mm. really refined that technique. To where there are tons of those quick zooms, but they don't like call out to me as like, ha ha, you know what I mean? It's yeah. just that, that it's just the right shot for that it's moment. Like, Look, I right. did that thing from the thing. Yeah, right. exactly. And I wonder if that's because uh, it's all set to the music, so the right. music kind of lulls you into yep. like you're because so like even the the songs you don't know that mm-hmm. well, like your brain knows how music works yep. and how pop music works, mm-hmm. and so like it can anticipate where the drops are going to be yeah. and where the beats are. And so when he is lining up his shots and the movement of the characters to those beats, your brain's like expecting things yep. to happen. And so therefore it doesn't feel as in your face because yep. it's it's melded perfectly along with what you're hearing. Yeah. It also has one of the best oneers of the year for sure. That that one take uh, uh, on the credits, you know, when, when Baby mm. Driver finally mm. comes up on the screen and then yeah. we do the coffee run. Yes. That's incredible. And that is a, a true oneer. It's, ju- it's just one extended shot. Yeah. No, that's an awesome. It's yeah. so great. I'm a terrible actor, and the hardest thing to me about acting is being in the right spot in the on the stage. So to have to choreograph your actions to a soundtrack that you probably can't, you know, hear as mm-hmm. you know as it'll be, to be able to do that and still act seems impossible to yeah. me. And everybody did it for the whole movie. Yeah, that's like it's wild. That's supernatural. Yeah. Uh, and one of my favorite stories about it is uh, the song that he uses by The Damned, "Neat, Neat, Neat." Uh, which plays during the, uh, I think, the second robbery where the guy with the machine gun comes after him on the highway. Right. You know what I'm talking yep. about? So there's the part of that where he, the song, like, kind of, like, they have to stop the song at some point, and I think, like, switch cars or something. I forget exactly how it happens. Yeah. But he has to, like, go back and start the song again. Basically, Edgar Wright had, a, you know, he had to play, he'd spent years planning this movie with his DP and his stunt coordinator and figuring out how to time everything. And the one scene that the DP, who Bill Pope, who's like great, kept saying like, "You're gonna have a problem here." You're, was this scene with the song "Neat Neat Neat" because "Neat Neat Neat" a really short song. It's a punk song. It's like a minute mm-hmm. and forty nine seconds long. He's like, "You are not. You're not gonna be able to get this scene in the amount of time of that song." And he was like, "No, we'll do it. It'll be fine. It, I know it'll work. It'll work." <laughs> it didn't fucking work. It fucking failed. He couldn't make it work, and he was so frustrated. And then he realized. Oh, but that's like this just adds stakes and more explanation to who Baby is and how music works for Baby. All I have to do is do one quick pickup of oh shit, I got to rewind the song. 
yeah. then we get more of the song and get to keep doing That's the movie. Awesome. Yeah. And so like cool. that was like a mistake that actually led to like a huge storytelling like building block, you know. And I love stories like that. That's like my favorite thing because when the restraints actually add to you know what you're able to achieve. It's, yeah. uh, Did you want to talk about uh, color since you wrote? For Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you can go to Cinadelphia.com and look up an article I wrote called uh, "What Did I Call It?" I think I called it an exercise in colors, right? Uh, an exercise in primary colors. Sounds right. Uh, Baby Driver, an exercise in primary colors. Uh, Baby Driver has an extremely primary color palette. There are a few instances of like green and purple uh, places where the colors mix, but it is mostly blue, red, and yellow. And I was like fascinated by that the first time I saw it, and seeing it again, I was really able to unpack it a little bit. And it, it's as simple as this. Yellow for the lines on the road. That's the freedom of the open road ahead. Red and blue for the police in your taillights, which are the consequences that are always trying to catch up with you. You're constantly trying to leave that life behind, and it'll catch up with you. And that is really what the movie is about, is the idea of consequences and how important they might actually be to getting to achieving your freedom. That actually leaving, trying to escape consequences is not actually how you do that. Yeah, uh, because it can actually hurt more people around you than than help. And there's a couple of scenes where all three of those colors appear, and it's all and those scenes are mostly either um, choices that baby has to make. Yes, uh, coupled with a bit of foreshadowing yes. about where certain characters are going to be in the future. Yes, which is very cool. Yeah, I love the way he only mixes those colors when it's like a very important moment for baby where he has to make his own decision about what to do next. Yeah. Uh, and like somebody asked me about the purple car, which is pretty significant actually. It like really mm. stands out when he yeah. picks that car up. And I really think like purple is the marriage of blue and red, right? Mm-hmm. That's how we get purple. Uh, and you, I break down the colors a little more in my article about like red is kind of like how cool baby thinks a lot of the things he's doing are. Whereas blue is like the reality of those things, which is that they're actually very scary and very dangerous and could catch up to him. And the purple car is literally a transition car, which is a thing that gets established over the movie. They have to transition from car to car. Mm -hmm. Uh, Red and blue transitioning into purple is literally the coolness of what he thinks he's doing and the reality of what he's doing meeting. And that's exactly what's happening in that moment. He's having to like steal an old woman's car, which you know he doesn't want to do. Uh, he is stealing a car in broad daylight, which you know he doesn't want to do. It's like mm. everything is breaking down. All of the blue is and catching up with the, the red. Soundtrack too, with that song. That's I think it's a Blur song. That's kind of yep. like the dopey piano mixing with the saxophone. Yep, that's yes, you're exactly right. Yep. And then yeah. that's when he gets Radar Love on the radio. Is when yeah. and that's when uh, we kick back into. All right, well now good. I have to go. Fucking so good. yeah. And what's cool about that is it's and especially you know that's the tool of that color is that Wright gives us this idea that there's a world outside of the reality of Baby Driver, yeah. which is I mean heightened in in that way. Yep. But it's not a world separate from it, right? And it's only separate, you know, in his little box. Yes, world. exactly. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. God, that movie is. Oh, and I also love that like he's such a good driver, right? Like he is such a good driver. Oh, you trust that he's gonna get the job yeah. done. But like. We never, okay, we don't know a lot about, like, why is he such a good driver? How does a kid this young get to be? Except we do. Yes. Because his past is a moment where he has no control. Yep. And it irrevocably changes his life. And the only thing he can do to feel okay is to take control of the one thing he had no control so, over. I, I, Dan, I think I texted this to you after I saw it, but Baby is Batman. Yes. <laughs> if Batman had been in a car accident yes. instead of seeing yeah. a bat. Yes, exactly. So he's like, I'm going to take the thing that maybe kind of ruined my life and that I'm afraid of, and, and I'm, I'm going to be it. the best representation of it, yep. and people will fear me when yep. I take the emblem of that thing and I'm coming at them. Yes. 
Yeah, I love it's, it. It's yeah. exactly <laughs> so what good. it is. It's, oh god, that was that was so that was so beautifully put. Yeah, it was such Thank a passionate you. breakdown you. of what Batman and, and Baby, Baby Driver, Driver are. Yeah. yeah. Oh fuck. This is one too where I I initially thought that I might rub against a character. Yeah. I thought that, especially in the trailer, looking at Baby, I was like, this kid might piss me off a little bit. He was awesome. I love it. As soon as it starts, too. Right right away, it was all gone. Yep. But it's just a little cheeky. Yeah. Yeah. But he just, I thought he was going to be like cocky and, you know, and I'd just be like, eh, whatever. You don't know real life yet, kid. You're not still young like that. And that's kind of the brilliant thing about his performance is what he's able to get across is he's cool. But he's posturing as cool. Oh yeah, he's actually very insecure, mm-hmm. and and all it's him trying to exert control over all of this about stuff. Every character, though, yeah, every character is posturing yep. out of an insecurity amongst that band of mm-hmm. criminals. But we get to identify with baby, with baby yeah. yeah. And I also love that this is not a dad movie. Right, we get a lot of dad movies. Yep, this is a mom. This is a mom movie. I know, and it's so good because it would be so easy to make Kevin Spacey, who's kind of leading this crime crew, as like his proxy dad. Yep, or even um, the uh, older guy that he lives with. Yes, he takes care of him. Like Mm -hmm. it's not like it's not the other way around. It's not the other way around. Like that is not his father figure. That he takes good care of him too. Yeah, Yeah. it's adorable. Oh, Oh, it's great. I can't be mad at you, baby. That peanut butter's got to go all the way to the end. But like uh, he dances and like sings at him yeah. and plays. Yeah. It's so, it, oh. and it would be so easy to make this a dad movie. Yep. Like it's all right there, but this is a mom movie, and like it, and it does it in a way that's so brilliant and so simple, mm-hmm. and it's not. It's also not edible, which is also nice. Yeah. Um. But it really, it is a mom movie, and that's just, it's just a cool thing. Like the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie is a mom movie yeah. because again, like that's that's the connection that Star Lord has to Earth, mm-hmm. and the similar thing with Baby, like that connects his past and also kind of represents his future in mm-hmm. a cool way. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. The tape movie. is yellow. Yes, the tape is yellow. <laughs> the tape is yellow. <laughs> yeah. His mom is his reason for forward movement. It's, Absolutely. You know, that's that's what's driving him. And, and music is what drove her, and it's what continues to drive him. Yeah. It's uh, it's really interesting. <laughs> there there actually is a lot of, like, kind of cool stuff going on, like, underneath the hood of this movie, which... Oh, pump the brakes. Hey, come on, guys. <laughs> Getting a little turbocharged over here. You got to get, get back into gear. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have any more. I don't no. know enough about cars. Me neither. Yeah, that was it. This metaphor's tired. Yep. Let's just. <laughs> I got it. Oh, that was good. That was good. Right. Oh, now I gotta come up. I can't come up with one. It's gone. Oh, it's gone. Oh well. Uh, anybody want to throw honorable mentions out? Jill, do you have any movies that you particularly just like loved this year that you'd like to make sure get uh, spoken um, about here? So honestly, I'm probably just gonna bitch out and do the two that I just recently saw because they're the ones that are the freshest. They did come out in July, um, so we'll have to stretch the halfway mark. But um, this week we saw The Big Sick. Oh, I want to see that so bad. It's really good. That's what I've heard. The humor is based in reality more than I think romantic comedies are, at least recently. I feel like it's so hard to make a good romantic comedy, but go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know how to how to talk about that movie. It's, it's so, so real. It's it gets to a Pain. very it gets to a very raw place in a way that's very interesting and very atypical. It's very much a romantic comedy, but it's also very much not a romantic comedy. Not because it's trying to show that romantic comedies are bad, but because it loves romantic comedies and it's just trying to do a different one. And it's also based on like real life circumstances right. yeah. that happen. It's really hard to unpack how that movie operates within genre because of that, but it's very effective. Like all the characters are very well drawn and they're very well rounded out 
on top of also being very funny people mm-hmm. um, in a way that just really just like hit me like a ton of bricks. Really, really liked it. And yeah. then we also saw The Beguiled. Oh, oh, nice. I want to see that too. And I think... Did you love it? I did. Yeah. I liked it more than I thought oh, okay. I would. That's cool. Um, I enjoy that it's about a group of women that are infiltrated by a man and their you know, group dynamic is influenced by his presence. Interesting. But instead of the film ending with a bunch of women like clawing each other's eyes out <laughs> over <laughs> Colin Farrell, which I sympathize, <laughs> it kind of brings it full circle to the point where the women start working together to protect the group mm. and not attack yeah. each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like an interesting kind of study about like how w- women interact with each other yeah. when there's a man present. That's really interesting. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed it. I would I really think like it just made that. me like it more than I did. Yeah. Because I did like it and I watched it very close to the original one. And the original one embraces... Well, it doesn't embrace the schlock of it, but it's a 70s movie from the guy who made Dirty Harry starring Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. So it takes that schlock angle. So to see it softened, it like I, it was a... That was tough to see, but... Mm-hmm. I will say it's probably the most beautiful movie I saw yes. this year. Oh, yeah? It was it's, also gorgeous. It looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very misty. Very, mm-hmm. very, very good. Well, I like that idea that in this time of the Civil War, mm-hmm. where the South's starting to lose, they say at the beginning, the slaves left. Yeah. Mm. And it's like, you don't know what the story is there, but like they left. Yeah. The prisoners got up and left. Yeah. Know? And so, but as a result, these these classy ladies that, that are at this proper school for girls, and it's a, a training thing, and in like a, you know, a safe thing for them during the Civil War. The house is just overgrown. Mm. Yeah. It's musty because as as they try to exercise propriety, the the world around them is kind of falling apart. Like yeah. they actually don't have the basic tools to keep the house nice because uh-huh. the propriety failed that. Yeah. And I, that that's all told in just the visuals. And that's, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah. I do want to see that. Yeah. All right. I'll take those. Yeah. I would they're, say they're watch that excellent. first and then watch and then the watch old the original. Yeah. And it would work better. Yeah. Yeah. I'll do that. Uh, what do we got? Any other? Uh, I mean, I had Split and It Comes at Night, which we talked about. Yeah, three yeah, Logan split. on here. The only one that we haven't talked about that was kind of an honorable mention for me is uh, Lost City of Z. Yeah, I haven't uh, seen that yet. I really uh, want James to. James Gray, but I, I yeah, haven't seen it. Uh, it. I like it because it's uh, it's a throwback to older movies in the sense that like it's a very grand sort of epic that's really a small character movie at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it's slow paced, but it's not laborious, mm-hmm. um, and it's. Again, like it's kind of it feels shot on location. It has some interesting to say about the character dynamics, and you know, it. I liked it a lot, and I wanted to like it more than I actually yeah. did. But it's definitely a, the kind of movie that you know, if there's people out there listening to this that are like, oh, there's too many genre movies. They're looking for like an old school solid drama. Like this is a really good example of that that we don't really get to see that often. And what's his name's good in it? Yeah, Charlie told- Hunnam. I hate that dude. Oh, he. I'm not. <laughs> he is passable. Okay. Um, okay. He. I'm sometimes I'm like, all right, but I don't see why all these great directors yeah. want to work with them. What works is that the dialogue in this movie is well suited to him because of the character that he plays. He's well cast in this movie. Mm. Okay. But I thought you were going to ask about Robert Pattinson. No, I love Robert Pattinson. I knew was in the movie, and then I watched the entire movie, and I was like, wait, which one was Robert Pattinson? Oh, that's cool. His, nice. his beard is just weird and like as soon as <laughs> that's i saw like, that's the chicory effect yes yeah yeah, yeah. As, as soon as i saw, and like but even seeing his character next to a picture of him yeah. i'm like 
I don't really know. That I have I have a problem with faces, but like yeah. that's a that's a real stretch. But he's he's good. At it. So you're convinced always liked someone him. else played the role that Robert Pattinson is credited. It's for. It's definitely a face off thing. <laughs> okay, all right. Or he's wearing like one of those Mission Impossible masks uh, the whole yeah. time. Yeah, yeah. But it's the real Robert Pattinson died in, in the action in 9/11. of the. Uh, yeah, he died. <laughs> oh my god! He died in 9/11. What a great reference. And so they have like a new guy, and they've just kind of been digitally morphing him into his normal self. Uh-huh. So that's what the face is. What was uh, that movie called? Uh, Remember me. Remember me. Oh yeah. Boom. Maybe. What a great <laughs> um, fucking secret reference. 9/11 movies are like my least favorite genre. Because. <laughs> 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 And I and I have another example. Um, what? Uh, Sully is a secret 9/11 movie. Wait, yeah, you hated Sully. I fucking hated Sully. That was funny. It was on Andy's end of year list. Yeah, um, and he's wrong about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually. I really want to watch it just because it's shorter yeah. than. Oh, but yeah. I also and it should have been know. shorter. If it was just told in real time of the actual events, I would have absolutely loved it. Yeah. But it opens with like Tom Hanks dreaming he's gonna crash a plane into a building. And like that happens a couple times in the movie, but what what cinches <laughs> Wait, it? There's a couple times planes <laughs> crash into buildings in yeah. the movie. And Sold right, and Sold. what but what seals it as a secret 9/11 movie is that um, after like the the night of or whatever, they're like staying at a hotel because like the investigation's about to start or whatever, and he's bringing him like a change of clothes because obviously like his you know his actual clothes like went into the river, and. Um, one of the people working at the hotel is like, oh, like you're you're a hero. And then like the union rep guy that's ringing the clothes is like, yeah, it's been a long time since New York had uh, good news, especially involving airplanes. <laughs> and you're like, because no one watching this movie doesn't remember 9-11. <laughs> yeah. like, like, like like we were told never to forget. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that, like, that's the one rule I know about 9-11 clothes. And so this movie clothes. has to remind you about <laughs> yeah. it. You know, that and the whole thing that they play up the drama of the... Uh, like the whole point is that Sully was just—he's just a guy doing his job, right? Yeah, you, you know. And but it demonizes the National Transportation Safety Board people, who are also people just doing their jobs. Because yeah. their job is to make sure that like he did the right thing, so that in the future they can train people for this scenario. Yeah. And it sets them up as like people looking to take down a hero, right? Yeah. And it just—that movie just pissed <laughs> I me think Clint off. just paranoid now that he's like losing yeah. his mind well he's talking to chairs we don't really like him anymore yeah <laughs> he's talking to chairs. to chairs like come on but that's what i that's what scared oh, me about God, that sully is that clint eastwood has been dissolving as a director of any visual panache and it's been heartbreaking to watch because i really like clint eastwood as a director no, it, it, and just watching that style just kind of disappear to these like i liked american sniper but that movie, that movie looks like shit to me i hated that movie but it, 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 it looks so, like shit, but it I looks also like hated they it. just set the camera up and left and just had the movie be in front of it. <laughs> they just like set 10 cameras up in a circle and they were like, all right, go now, take I, this baby doll, do yeah. something with it, work I mean, it out. I have to admit, I've, I haven't seen a ton of his movies. The only Clint Eastwood directed movie I like that I've seen is Mystic River. Mm-hmm. Um, I've hated everything else that I've Dude, seen by him. Unforgiven. I've not, I haven't seen it. That will blow you all away. Right. That movie but, is awesome. But if, I refuse to ever experience Sully again in yeah. any way. But if you sold, cut, but <laughs> I gotta know. I gotta yeah. know. But if if you cut it into the like a real time telling of like what the happened in that moment, it would actually it would be really awesome. Yeah. So uh, credit where credit is due there. Yeah. But fuck that movie. <laughs> I love it. Julio thinks on my list. Sorry, we're free fire. I wanted to mention because I, I thought free, free fire, fire was very my honorable yeah. mentions. And I'll tell you what, I only gave it two stars. I actually think it's a terrible movie. Yeah, but I really enjoyed the shit out of Kong and actually considered putting it on this list. Uh, so you know what? I was thinking about Kong recently yeah. again because I guess like I'm seeing ads for it like on Blu-ray or whatever. Yeah. That movie is like the it's like 
the you know when you're playing a video game and they have like you have to hit the buttons in the right order and you're not actually doing anything yeah. other than like watching the screen in time you're really watching a movie that they're like trying to get you to participate in yeah that's what kong feels yeah. like I and it just like i liked it quite a bit but i don't it, remember it, anything pop about it i don't remember anything that's not in the trailers because yeah. i watched those trailers probably more times than <laughs> there's so much color yeah um and it's a, it's a fun movie but yeah. it's not it's so effervescent yeah i i, I toyed with it only because as bad because I, I really think it's bad like as far as like a script goes and stuff it's like none of the characters make any sense to me i yep. don't give a shit about anybody yep. none of the decisions they make make any sense uh but I, I like had a really fun fucking time watching that movie. Oh, yeah. Like it actually kind of in some weird way feels like a good monster movie because of all of that. Like it feels like the thing I would want to watch if it was on TV on Sunday. And that's like kind of how I think of like old monster movies, you know, it's like, oh, that's what plays at 1 p.m. on Sunday. You know? so I liked it quite a bit, but effervescent was the greatest word for yeah. it because I don't remember anything about it. Yeah. But I do remember when I was watching it. I actually really love that that Godzilla reboot. Yeah, me too. I thought that was so good. <laughs> and all. what was cool about it, but it brought like right. it brought like some kind yeah. of a like some kind of a no, Aaron it was um, Taylor Aaron Taylor Johnson. Oh, yeah. it, it was a uh, Mr. Fifty Shades. <laughs> and uh, it, the real the real life Mr. Fifty yeah. Shades. Um Oh, it, that that movie seemed to have like a little bit of I don't want to say gritty, but I want to say it was still a monster movie, but it didn't feel so blatantly like ah fuck it, it's a monster movie. Like, yeah. There was some kind of a a density to it that that worked better for me. Mm-hmm. So to be like oh, the, it felt like it was not from the same franchise as Kong. Yeah, Kong yep. totally was like oh we're gonna get fighting monsters now. Yeah, which yo awesome. sign me up I'm for a yeah. fight fight all the monsters. I'm However many permutations, yeah. I'm in. But I, I really a... liked where that Godzilla was going. Me too. And so it sort of has the Batman v Superman effect yeah. where it's like, I wanted that Man of Steel 2 first. Yeah. yeah. I want Godzilla 2 first. I but I think know, we are getting Kong that, was though. cool. I think we're getting we Godzilla are. 2 and then... Well, and Godzilla... And then a Man of Steel 2? I have a feeling the reason they hired Mike Dougherty, Dougherty, is that his name? Mm-hmm. To make uh, Godzilla 2 is because they want it to be more like the tone of Kong. Yeah, exactly. And that's the kind of movies he makes more than... I lament yeah. that shift. Yeah. Yep. Because if I wanted that, and I think his how Godzilla many Godzilla movies fun I can fuck, watch? I bet. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be totally fun. But yeah. it's, it, you're right. It's but not I agree. Have that, There's a hundred like, Godzilla movies yeah, that I can like watch that. if I want that. Yeah. So, but... I'm in. Hey, Plus, I'm in. Adam yeah. Wingard doing Adam the, Wingard uh, doing a uh, Kong versus Zilla. Yeah, into yeah, it. I'm in. Into it. Yeah. As long as if they choreograph the whole thing to CCR, I'll, I'll be down for that. Hell's yeah. yeah. I just realized if they ever made a movie where they like somehow King Kong and Godzilla like become the same being and they're just like God Kong, right? There's got to be a God Kong movie where they like combine into the into one super beast. We've been talking about doing some writing. <laughs> God Kong is a good a idea. I, I, I deserves watch that. time. Yeah. I put a couple strange things on my honorable mentions. Um, the first one was Life. Life was the oh yeah, the I Jake really want to see that. Of, the Venom uh, prequel. Yes, the Venom <laughs> prequel. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Rebecca Ferguson, Ryan Reynolds, a couple other people. But it's just crazily designed alien being gets onto a ship, and now you know we got all shut hell down. breaks loose. We gotta, yeah. yeah, it's it's getting bad. I want to see that. But the monster's so cool. Yeah, and yeah. the reason people thought it might have been a it's spoiler alert. It yeah. is not related to Venom yeah. at all. Is because it's kind of like that. Yeah, it's like a slimy thing that grows and absorbs. So there's alien, there's the thing, there's Venom. It's all of that. That's cool. And it's a it looks awesome. Yeah, and it's stupid as shit. It's got yeah. nothing to say, and it's scary. I really so, feel guilty that like. 
if it were actually a Venom prequel, I would have seen it already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Because it wasn't, I was like, oh, I can wait. My favorite genre of movie is secret Venom prequels. Oh, yeah. Well, we can talk about Split now. Spoiler alert. Oh, yes, that's on my list as well, yeah. Yeah. That is going to be the thing now, is surprise sequels. Yes. That after the movie announced that they are a sequel to a previous movie, and I thought life was going to be the next part of the trend, and I was so fucking on board. (laughs) But since it wasn't, and it... It's just really good. It's just a great slip-looking really genre picture. Good, like... It's a good space. You know, sometimes you see bad space. Yeah. You're like, they're not doing space. I know space. I've never been there. <laughs> they're doing it wrong. This was, like, good space. Oh, I just had a really good idea for, like, retroactively making something a sequel. Or... or in this case, a prequel, that uh, John Wick is a prequel to The Matrix because the program that Keanu Reeves in that movie learns how to do kung ah. fu is John Wick. Ah. Oh. Yeah, the, the world of assassins just crushes the real world, so a Matrix had to be built. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They Someone designs robots to fight the assassins, and yeah. it all turns to shit. <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, they take, like, motion capture video footage of John Wick, and that's how they create the programs that Keanu Reeves learns how to shoot guns and that's fight pretty people. Good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It would be the, the way they'd reveal it is that uh, what's uh, Neo would, like, open the door to the inside of the Matrix, and the old man in the chair is just Brian Cox. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, ah, Mr. Wick. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to talk good. about that in a minute. The other one that I had on here was a movie that. It's not great, but gifted with Chris Evans, with he's got to take care of the little girl. It's just one of those, you know, hunky guy takes care of little girl and it's adorable movie. Black neighbor lady helps with wisdom. It's one of those movies, and it's very good. And it's Mark Webb stepping away oh, yeah. from from Spider Man to do a real movie. It's yeah. also Chris Evans stepping away from Captain Ooh. America to do a good movie. I like, like that. Chris Evans, and he nails it. I like it's him. a good movie. It's it makes you feel good. I love Chris Evans. You will love Gifted because I, the whole I time I was it. just I like, mm, you are on the island, good sir. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, and you're going yes. to hold the door for everyone. <laughs> crazy. Chris Evans can't be on your gay island. I know. He's on my... Your guyland. My, you can have a guyland. Yeah. yeah. No, you're allowed. We I'm all have an island. Everyone has an island. And our guylands happen to be gay islands. Yes. Yours yes. is... I just want to be clear about I have a lovely lady land, too. There it is. I have a lovely lady land. Everyone's got one of those. Cast of thousands. <laughs> no, but <laughs> the, uh, I just like Chris the, Evans I, I the just whole like the time. Hip. He's just so nice. Yeah. He's just like he's really, but he's a flawed character. He's got like a dark side, and you're like, he's a better actor than than I would ever think. Gifted. I, I like recommend. him. Yeah. Yeah. I just like that your standards for men are higher. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say my standards are pretty high. Hello, Jenna. <laughs> Any, anything else? Anybody else got anything? Short documentary I saw for Cinadelphia Film Festival, Becoming Bond. Oh, it's yeah. Like hardly a real movie, but it was something I thought about a lot. Yeah. But we have to talk about Split. Okay. We absolutely oh, yeah. have to talk okay. about that. Let's that was the best movie-going experience I've had this year, and it was all hinging on one moment. Yeah. But it's a moment that in that singular moment said so much. Mm-hmm. It was Shyamalan just being like, I'm fucking back. Yeah. Eat it. Yeah. It was also him just saying, like, you want twists? I'll give you... Okay, I'll give you a twist. There's yeah. your twist. But it was also like, oh, superheroes and novelty already did it, doing it again. Yeah, yeah. And just remember how the old joke was. Oh, it turns out Bruce Willis was dead at the end for every movie that supposedly had a twist. Yeah. The new, the new joke twist yeah. is the twist is that it's a different movie. Yeah, that it's he a different did Bruce all Willis of movie. That, and he knew it, and yeah. it worked, and it was the hugest gamble ever. Yeah, and it paid off huge, at least on an experiential level. He gambled all of that for my enjoyment, and good sir, you delivered. 
I hope oh, that so the promise of that movie, which is now we know is titled Glass, right? Like that's mm. like the promise of that movie is yeah. that we'll get this sequel to it. I hope that it in and of itself ends in a way where we like suddenly like uh I don't know, um uh oh, why can't I think of his name now? Fucking uh, signs. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix. No, Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson. Uh, like suddenly, Mel Gibson is revealed at the end of Glass, and now we find out that this whole series has been a part of this other movie. He and it's just like oh, a series yeah. of dominoes that start to fall. Every he starts making sequels to all of his movies that are secret backdoor sequels to so, other movies he made. So then they all have to team up to fight the aliens from Signs. Hell and yeah! Basically, it's your Shyamalan Avengers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and one of them is a stuttering uh, Paul Giamatti. <laughs> And at the very end of the whole thing, like an, an apocalyptic event happens, yeah. and then it fast forwards like what seven thousand years, yes. and, and Will Smith yeah. and his son are uh-huh. flying around on a plane yeah. after Earth, getting into it. Yeah. But I wanted to end with a book closing, and this was Shyamalan, and he's <laughs> yeah. wearing like a really bitchin' cardigan, yeah. and <laughs> and and it just it's just him he's monologuing like about yeah. story, yeah. And, yeah. And then, like, something gets... And then, like, Bruce Willis comes out from, like, behind it yeah. and, like, scares him. It's yeah. like a jump scare. And then the like, camera, yeah, like, boom. turns around and it's the kid from The Visit. And he's like, I've been filming this the whole time. It's part of my documentary. <laughs> and then, uh, and then uh, what's his name? Wilson peeks out from behind <laughs> yeah. and shows his face. Yeah. And now it's all... I'd be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's just amazing how yeah. huge of a... Like, the balls on Shyamalan. That's a huge gamble. He was like, you hate me? Now you fucking love me. Yeah. And I, I decided exactly when and exactly how. And it's because I manipulated all of your little brains because story motherfucker. Well, yeah. I, oh, have the, great. I have the, the spinner of tails. <laughs> and it worked. I'll buy all the movies. It, it was awesome. And, and what's great is it plays on our desire for... Um, for those kinds of franchises right yes, now. Yes, like it's, yeah. it, that movie only exists because of the cinema-going environment yep. in which we mm-hmm. exist at this present moment in time. The other movie that plays on that this year, and I won't spoil exactly how, but those of you that are, will have seen it by now will understand, Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, uh, yes. Also plays with that in a way that's like, oh, you think you're getting this thing because you expect this thing to happen. Well, we're kind of going to do that thing, but we're also going to do something completely different yeah. because we can and we know that you're, you're here. Yeah. So... Very fun. Mm-hmm. Agreed. It's been a fucking stellar year so far. Yeah. Like, I'm, I feel like usually I get halfway through the year and I'm like, eh, this was actually a hard list to make because I don't even want five of these movies on this list. I was amazed, though, at how much of it was quality sequels. Yeah, like, I know. Really quality sequels. I yeah. didn't want to put any comic book movies on my list. I put yeah. fucking two. On my list of ten, there are the one, two, three, yeah, three sequels. I'll tell you how many I got. I got one. Two, three, four, five, motherfucker, five, five sequels. sequels. Wow. Are, yep. we, are we counting Wonder Woman as a sequel? Yeah, I think yeah. so. It's part uh, of that a piece of a yeah. thing. I only have silly. two, and they're both the comic book movies. Yeah. So I have Alien, Triple X, and John Wick on my list as oh, well. Yeah. So Triple yeah. X. Yeah. It's been a good summer for movies. Yes, it has. Um, recently, <laughs> it was the summer um, that started in like March. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, but on uh, Todd Vanderwerf's podcast recently, I don't know he did an one. episode with two film critics where they were talking about like the best summer movies mm-hmm. since 2000. Um, and I was kind of like, I wonder what my short list would look like. And I was kind of going through and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to like have only one movie from each franchise. So, like one Spider-Man movie is going to make this list. Uh-huh. And one Batman movie is going to uh-huh. make this list. And I ended up with, over the past like 17 years with like 41 movies. Yeah. With the criteria that had to be released between like May, like, between uh, the first weekend in May and Labor Day. Okay. Um, 
And there were a couple of years there where I was like, wow, there's like none of the movies that I want here. And like even this summer so far, there were a couple where I was like, I could put this on this list and feel totally okay with it. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's been good this year. And we still got Planet of the Apes to go. Like there's like a ton more sequels coming. That that I'm so excited about. Valerian and Valerian. the city of a house so planet. <laughs> I am so oh. pumped. I'm so pumped. If they pull a surprise sequel twist in that, will you be pissed or just like jacked up? As a sequel to um, Fifth I don't know, Element? Whatever or... the best thing it could be. If, yeah, Fifth Element. I mean, if it's actually the thing that would blow one blow <laughs> my mind the most because like it'd be so ballsy that there's no way anyone could see this coming, even as I'm saying this right now. If it was this is actually a Star Wars prequel. Oh my God, yeah. 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 It, it, my mind would probably yeah. melt out of my head. I just realized if it is a secret Fifth Element one though, that means there's two movies this year. That feature a secret sequel reveal with Bruce Willis. I was actually looking up his name just to do this bit, where at the end of it there'd be like a, uh, you know, like a big alien sitting at a bar or something, be like, yeah. "Man, this space stuff is really, really crazy." Reminds me of when that taxi driver got wrapped up in it. What, like twenty years ago? Yeah. And then he leans back and he's like, "Oh yeah, I remember, remember Corbin Dallas." <laughs> 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 Corbin Dallas, Corbin Dallas. Up. that's a character. And he's got blonde hair yeah. and he's just old. Yep. <laughs> yeah, going into the summer, I think uh Baby Driver, Valerian, and Dunkirk were my top three most excited. And I'll have seen the latter All two of them in, shortly. A, in a couple weeks. Yeah. And so if if those two pay off, it's gonna be one of like probably one of the all time great summers in terms of movie going. Mm-hmm. So I have high hopes for Dunkirk. Yeah, yeah I do I too. really have high hopes. Those I trailers are great. Uh, yeah. Did, did you get? Uh, you saw it? Yeah, before yeah. Transformers. And then, so that be- was crazy. Yeah, so before Transformers, oh, I heard about. They this. showed like it. It was like fifteen second clips, right? In, in between, between the other trailer, trailers, but was, they were all like the most like tweaked to be the most Michael Bay that you could. Yeah, oh, okay. Like, they were all just moments of just. Yeah, yeah. Dunkirk. And then like another trailer would play, and then you get another one, and it was so weird. Went on for so long that I was like. What is happening yeah. right now? I've never seen is anything like it. Is this the movie? Yeah, yeah I've never is seen anything trans- like it. That's so weird. Yeah. And what a weird movie to decide to advertise that way. Yeah, I think it's because the IMAX factor. Yeah, probably. probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. But I will say, I could have put Transformers The Last Night on my top 10 and feel 100% justified Hell about yeah, it. Dude. Because that movie is insane. I it's really, insane. really want to totally see it. It's unbelievable. They kill Shia LaBeouf off screen. Hell yeah. Um, like blink you miss it because they don't even say it. But I, it's, yeah, it's I've heard about it. Definitively yeah. said. Yeah, but I, I love that. Like all of these, at least the, all the sequels are basically the same movie, yep. and there's no continuity that makes nope. any sense whatsoever. They all end the same way. And but nobody makes movies at this scale, right? Like no one working today. Like the Marvel movies, like they work because they're cheap to yeah. make, relatively speaking. Yep. But like Michael Bay is just working on just the biggest possible scale with the most possible money doing whatever he wants to do. Yeah. And I am so there for that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was exhausted after yeah. I came out of this movie. Like, my eyes hurt. <laughs> I was tired. And I was like, it felt real good. <laughs> yeah. It was punishing. But the, for- the fourth one, I hated. Like, yeah. I, there was things that brought me joy in it. But yeah. that took me three days to get through. Yeah. Mostly because it's two days long. Uh-huh. And I kept yep. pausing it. But uh, the fourth, the, the fifth, yeah, fifth, oh, yeah. Fuck. Fifth, yeah. The fifth one, I didn't feel that way at all. Like it was definitely like Michael Bay just being like, I really want to be done with this. And since I couldn't snooze my way out, I'm gonna explode my way out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're not and, getting up on Prime, okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's 
It's uh, so Walmart Burger is the best. Walmart Burger. I love how he's like the action doll version of him too. Like yeah, he doesn't yeah, look like Mark exactly. Wahlberg. He's got the hair, that's, the hair and stuff. That's, you know, Twenty. Yeah, years he Michael Bay's him up. Yeah, yeah. he Michael oh, Bay's yeah. him up and turns <laughs> totally. him into that. Pr- so what if at the end of Dunkirk, uh, what's his name? Uh, Bruce Willis. No, no, no. The guy, <laughs> the guy who beat. <laughs> Stallone for the Oscar from Bridge of Spies. Why can't I think uh, of Mark Rylance. Mark Rylance. I was like, Ruffalo, not Ruffalo. <laughs> Mark Rylance pulls his little tugboat up to the shores of Dunkirk and then it <laughs> and it becomes a robot. That Would that awesome. be a good thing? <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Because, like, a piece would of paper, be a good thing. How do you blow Dunkirk how? like that? But it would also be like, I am. I'm a lady. Yeah, yeah. If, <laughs> like, if, if Dunkirk turns out to be a secret Transformers yeah. installment, I don't know what I will do. Because I don't know. Because you're saying, like, is that a good thing? I don't know what the <laughs> definition of good in that yeah, sentence yeah. is supposed <laughs> That's to be. That's true. But, like, I'll there take would be it. riots. I'll I know it. that. Yeah, I, you'd have so many, like, it's really funny because, like, you know, the stereotype now is like middle-aged dudes pissed off about franchise movies, but mm-hmm. this would be like sixty-year-old dudes really p- pissed off about the historical war movie. That would actually be like a funny thing for film Twitter to have to deal with. Yeah. When the when the previews uh, of Dunkirk came on TV, my dad was like, "See, this is good." He was <laughs> like, "They don't teach kids real history these days. War was not nice." And I'm like, "I think we're all on board with that." <laughs> I was like, I don't know what school you think has been going yeah. on, but I was there somewhat recently. He's like, like, yeah, we, we went over this. He's like, son, do you remember when we had this same conversation 20 years ago <laughs> yeah. when Saving Private Ryan came out? I'd like to have it again. They don't make movies like this, <laughs> ever. Like this, ever. They make them all the when fucking time. When can I talk about World War II? Yeah. <laughs> so he would be pissed if it was Transformers. Oh, yeah. But if I could sit next to him and watch that happen... Yeah. I mean, I would, I would rent a dad just to, just to, you know, do it again. See, I would want to sit there in the theater. I would not want to do that drive home. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. No, Mm-mm. if I get to leave right after, <laughs> during the credits, I'll be okay. That's, I, but I want it. Like the the anarchist in me wants every movie to just become a singularity, yeah. Yeah. where just every movie just reveals like, yeah. oh shit, it's the Millennium Falcon. Yep. Oh, Sookie from True Bloods here. What <laughs> and then just oh go run Raptors. Actually, actually, you know what? I, you know what I want is a secret Transformers movie. I just want any movie, and then the end of it have that like sunset, sh- the like at sunset shot of like Optimus Prime rolling out, and he's like. Freedom is the right of yeah, all yeah, creatures, yeah. and like it, it's like you know the next like Legally Blonde movie, yeah. but yeah. it just <laughs> and ends with an inspirational speech yeah. by Optimus Prime, and then he's like, "I have to leave Earth, never to return again, except next summer when I come back." It bleeds out like Werner Herzog does a documentary <laughs> about like I don't know, he does a documentary about uh, hang gliding, yeah. and then like midway through, the talking head is Goldar. Go <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit! Where did this come from? <laughs> Funny. Actually, like now, I really want Werner Herzog to voice a Transformer yeah. in the next movie. Now, I genuinely want. <laughs> he could a... why not? Buscemi right. had like two lines in this movie as a Transformer. Exactly. And what was uh, what's his name? You said it. You're Goodman, like, nothing right? about. I believe this is your quote. Yeah. I apologize, apologize if I misquote you. You said nothing about Transformers Four makes sense, but something about John Goodman playing an aging Transformer makes all the sense. Yeah. In the world. <laughs> He's back in five, by the way. Is he? Oh, yeah. yeah. God. Chewing his completely impossible Bullet to explain cigar. Or whatever cigar. It is. Yeah. No, and he keeps getting them. Yeah. Like, yeah. you see them, like, he burns them out, yeah. he throws it away, and then boom, there's, there's another, another one. There's another one in his yeah. mouth. Yep. He, like, flicks, so. a, he flicks it at somebody in one of them, yeah. like a human, and they're just like, and it's like, that would that would kill you. You'd be dead. That would actually yeah. kill you. That's a, a thousand but pounds I, I right really there. I really want that Werner Herzog, like, just like, 
a transformer in existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, it's like existence is pain. <laughs> I buy my hell. I genuinely all, all love beings <laughs> deserve my apathy. I lo- I genuinely love the idea of a real documentary that is like really about a thing that has just a talking head of like a transformer in it. So yeah. that's just like for like has a completely like Darth Vader just pops up to do one of the talking head things, like a completely fictional character for no reason at all in an otherwise totally real documentary. That would blow my goddamn dick off. I, I would I love would that. I love the idea for a movie to go like real serious and then just do just fuck you to yeah. everybody because like I why not? You yeah. know, it's oh that'd be so good. That would be great. Th- that's I think why I love Split is because that's the closest it's come, but it's yeah. still explainable. Because like I do feel like there's a little bit of like oh fuck you, yeah, you hated yeah. me there it is, but at the same time I'm like fuck me fuck you yeah give, give me give me glass <laughs> like, let's do it like I really want like a pop star style movie where yes. it's like yeah. it's a documentary about a real like you know kind of how um uh, Joaquin Phoenix did that. oh yes like, yeah I'm not like, mm, I, like I want that to happen but then it, while you're watching the movie have like a fictional character like it's a documentary yeah. about a real person with real stuff that happened and then like. Halfway through the movie, a fictional character pops up to like comment their life. on it. Yeah, yeah. they're like, "Well, I first met them." Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Mr. Peabody and Sherman. <laughs> Good to see you. <laughs> so you've been to a lot of places. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us about- I was thinking about this the other day. I was just wandering around, listening to my headphones, and I thought of the idea that the way that we could save the Fast and Furious movies—not save. I mean, they don't need saving. Yeah, they need a little repair. Yeah, would be to. <laughs> Would be to immediately drive up the stakes. You, you just just midway through Nos. one of their chases, as they Tokyo drift around a corner, yeah. they just obliterate a kid. <laughs> just boom, <laughs> and he explodes, and it's gruesome. And then they have to like, yeah, missiles, CIA, government shit, yeah. submarines chasing us. We we can handle that, but it's like. Yo, something real just happened. Okay. Yeah, we yeah. actually have to come together as a family <laughs> yeah. and figure out how to do this. <laughs> how about we use cars? Listen, yeah. <laughs> maybe we distance ourselves from cars for a little bit. <laughs> Our brand is real. not working right now. Yeah. And I really, really want the person that hits the kid to be Tyrese. Yeah. yeah. Because, <laughs> oh, like, oh, hell no. <laughs> and then he's just, he's just using the windshield wiper. <laughs> he can't see anything. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's perfect. <laughs> to get the blood off. <laughs> and then, and then everyone comedy. else is trying to be serious and he's like cracking jokes yeah. about yeah. how like that wasn't a big kid no because yeah. now Tej like, would be like oh man you look like a jelly donut <laughs> and then everyone would laugh yeah. and then it would have to get real yeah. <laughs> oh my god but, that's but Roman would still be trying to make those jokes yeah. and then they would like just glare at yeah. him like they like, do normally anyway yeah. yeah it's I too soon wrote a couple of these <laughs> down because I was thinking about it this will eventually become a piece but I also think it would be great if just multiple main characters die. Yeah. They just and just for real, absolutely, definitely die. And then uh what was the other thing? Oh yeah. For the next one, you know what they should do? They should just rob a bank. Yeah. Just rob one bank. Yep. That's the thing that they gotta do that day is rob a bank. That's pretty the, good. The stakes are just we are tapped. Yeah. The, we ran over that kid. The court fees are brutal. Yeah. So it, we gotta take down first trust. Yeah. <laughs> So go the like Ghostbusters two route. Yes, they're like exactly. past their prime. Yeah. like we got all these lawsuits have been like killing us. Kurt Russell like comes in on a hover plane or whatever. He's like, listen, guys, I need you. They're like, not now. <laughs> Shit is bad. No, he comes in when they're already carrying the bags of money with the dollar signs, <laughs> <Yeah. on. laughs> and he's like, uh, what are you guys? What are you, what are you guys doing? They're like, nothing. Nobody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Do you think it's possible that they could actually yes. like con- whatever you can come up with is completely possible in this franchise? Could they convince convincingly make a Fast and Furious that we would be like on board with where like the like somehow the hooker premise is that like they're just in go karts? Like it's not like good big oh. real cars. It's like oh. tiny small scale. Okay. So it's like a little league movie. Yeah, where they're all the dads. Yes. but it's their kids and Hell they're yes. the go kart league. Hell, oh my yes. they start, god! Like, they start modding the go karts and then eventually they just they start remote control driving the <laughs> yes. go karts. Yes, with the kids. I just thought of something time. terrible, but I feel like <laughs> I feel like Tyrese's kid should be disabled. <laughs> Like if he's just kind of like a little bit off, <laughs> because that would be the thing is they because think about Tyrese's role in those movies. Uh-huh. He never does he the good thing. Does the everything right thing. wrong. He always fucks up and he only gets lucky. But they keep him around because he really tries hard. Yeah. <laughs> so it would be a way to bring that into the thing. Uh-huh. You representation. You do it tastefully. Yeah. And they're oh, capable God. of doing tasteful stuff. The Furious Seven thing is tear jerking still, <laughs> and it's beautiful. But yeah, I think it could be. T- <laughs> it could be sold. I'm gonna make this real sad for a moment, and mm. just think of the scene in Seven where he's trying to do the birth the birthday party thing, mm-hmm. and just think about his kid at home disabled, and that's how he is around that kid all the time, <laughs> just trying to make him happy because I think it's just sad. <laughs> that's like why he's the way that he that's is. Why he's so good. That yeah, it's a pure thing because he, he he loves his family. Yeah. <laughs> His yeah. real actual family that he's related to. And he has to keep them away from the other yes. like, the family because like those people keep getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I'd watch it. Now that we've pitched a Furious sequel, we finally crossed the three hour mark. Congratulations, oh, nice. everyone. Whereas lo- you could have watched Silence. Yeah. That's about how long these always go. But yeah. I think we're good to wrap it up, right? We got I those movies out. We got wrap it up. Thank you so much for coming to yes. the I Am a Knife with Leg screening. It was amazing. Which happened yes, in the past. Did. Of course, in the past it did, and you were all there, and it was great. Bennett Jones, thank you so much for uh, you know lending us your movie for a night. Uh, we enjoyed showing it to people. Uh, where can we find you guys on the interwebs? Jill, why don't you start? Uh, you can find me at Cynadelphia.com. Hell and yeah. You can also find me on Instagram and on Letterboxd at J. P. Malcolm, and you can find me at on Twitter and Letterbox at Silber whatever. That's with a B. That's how you pronounce that. All right, yeah, good, good, good. <laughs> so, and again, also on Cinedelphia.com, writing shorter reviews about foreign movies and very, very long reviews about comic book movies because <laughs> that's, that's just how is. I roll. It's just how it is. The yeah. way it is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I feel bad, but dude, you know, we were raised this way. You can't. There's nothing you can do about it. We're Thank the. We're the Thank you. Back to the Future generation. That's just all we care about is just pop. That's it. I feel better. Thank yeah. you. But it's like it's good pop. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's okay to care yeah. about it. Did you guys see the photo from Ready Player One that looks like it was yeah. ripped out of Back to the Future? Yeah. Really? That, that you lighting, see it. That I haven't w- seen it because I just finished that audio book yeah. and like it's Da Vinci Code with eighties trivia. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's all that it is. is. And that's cool. Yeah, I want to see it. it. The the photo like really evokes Back to the Future. The lighting cool. in that yeah. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry. Yes. Continue oh, the no, plug. That's good. Oh yeah, uh, Dan Scully on Letterboxd, on uh, Twitter, um, on Cinadelphia, <laughs> which I, I will say I'm proud. I managed to eke out just under 1,100 words on Maurice, Ooh, baby. a movie that I genuinely liked, but it was it was wild. I don't <laughs> know, it's, it's crazy. It's two and a half hours of very <laughs> young Hugh Grant, and it's a Merchant Eye reproduction. It was very uh, oh, <laughs> it was crazy. But yes, chip, um, chip. Oh, sorry, go for it. Oh, it's a pip pip. Oh, pip pip. Yes, yes. Mm, mm, of course, of course. But uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. I don't know what Great. I'm saying. Yeah, okay. that's good. Uh, Logan is Logan is awesome. Yeah, you should see Logan. Shyamalan, your balls are huge. Still not allowed on the island. I'm sorry. You're kind of dweeby. 
<laughs> you killed Mel Gibson's wife with your van. <laughs> I can't forgive that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna make Spoiler a Mel alert. Joke. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Filmadelphia. I'm on Letterboxd at Filmadelphia or review every movie I watch. Uh, you can find me on Farsighted Blog. You can find me on Cinadelphia now occasionally. Yep. Um, and uh, oh, you can listen to me. I did a, a, a fun live podcast with my friend Kevin. His podcast is called uh, Everything is Awesome. Uh, we did a really fun live show where I got to interview a wrestler. Uh, and I don't know shit about wrestling and he's part of Chikara Wrestling which I had never heard of where they have a whole storyline about the back fist to the future which is a wrestling move that sends people to the past yeah yo yeah yo yeah 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 we're all on board I know we are I'm totally on board yeah does that mean there could potentially be like multiple Biff villain wrestlers yes I think there could be I don't know what's I literally couldn't understand it but everything about it was amazing Uh, I just imagine this results in somebody wrestling baby Hitler (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) oh my god and he'd be he'd be tough to bring down. Yeah, yeah. He'd, he'd eventually like injure himself. Yeah, and yeah. So check me out on everything is awesome. It's a good show. Uh, and uh, you can find us on Twitter at I like two movie. That's numeric two. Uh, Tumblr I like two movie. Uh, where else? Facebook.com slash I like two movie. And uh, that'll do it for us. Review, um, rate, yeah. subscribe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us a give us a rating on iTunes. There we would love it. Uh, all right, I'll kick the. Uh, let's do this. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You guys got to plug your podcast. Oh, yeah, what you the have hell? To plug your podcast. Holy God. Please uh, plug your podcast. Shame Files, but I don't know the social media stuff. Because you do it. Uh, shame Files Pod. You can, you can find it on iTunes. Um, cha- just look up Shame Files. The Shame Files. That's Hell yeah. Simple. Shame Files. There's no the, right? It's just Shame right. Files. There might be a the, but oh, okay. if you search Shame Files, it'll be. Yeah, really and you guys up. have done what? You've done American Graffiti. You've yep, done Top Gun. Top Gun. Yep, yep, Twin yep. Peaks. Two, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, a couple Peaks, really good episodes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we've taken a bit of a break because we've been really busy the past couple yep. weeks, but uh, you can check out those episodes and uh, hopefully more coming soon. Hell yeah. yeah. I love the idea of that podcast. Good idea. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is. Uh, my name is Dan Scully, and I have to pee very badly, but I like to movie movie. My name is Ryan Silverstein, and I like to movie movie. My name is Joe Malcolm, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like, like to movie. movie.